Oh, hello there. It's Vinley Galanoda. Thank you for joining the D4 podcast. I hope you enjoy my emotional turmoil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to D4, where I, Devin, and I, Dustin, Cody, am a fifth edition game of Dungeons and Dragons. Hey! Yay. Can you hear us? Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, we're going to wait. Can everybody hear? We good to this week? Here we go. Nope. <laughs> Did we make it? All right. I think we're good. Yeah. Let's there... do it. All right. <laughs> cool. Awesome. A dungeon is empty without a master. A master is nothing without a dungeon. And to become a master, you will need to start your journeyman's odyssey with a guide. A guide accessible from any electronic device through app or web page. Forge your destiny in your hands as the story begins with you. It is time to make your fate into becoming a dungeon master and beyond. Enter hashtag beyond for your chance to win a digital copy of the Dungeon Master's Guide from D&D Beyond. And to enter, make sure you're on the Rock Punch ATL's Twitch channel and enter the hashtags into the chat. Remember to only enter once to not be disqualified. However, also remember that subscribers and Twitch Prime subscribers are three times more likely to win. We'll do a reminder at break and a drawing at the end of the episode for the winner. And let's hear from our sponsors. Yeah. Hey, it's the same sponsor you just basically heard of right now. Um, but kind of moving on with what they just talked about, uh, one of the things I actually wanted to talk about today is that D&D Beyond, aside from being a tool to be used, is also an information glut. And they write articles constantly, particularly about uh, the two that I want to talk about today are uh, James Hick. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Wrote it's, right, very, yep. it's what? Heck. 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 Wrote two very interesting articles about world building, and particularly world building through encounters and world building through equipment, which I thought were very interesting. And I just wanted to say to those of you who use the program, look at those and just try to maybe expand beyond, you know, it's easy to make a, uh, a campaign in a minute, as we have seen. But if you want to put a little bit more thought in the minute into it, that might be a good resource to use. Yeah. Hey everybody, it's Katie here to tell you about Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse. Um, got some big news from the Beetle family. They are now streaming and you can catch the second part of Justice Armand's amazing Step Right Up True Milk Based Horror Game. I, I don't know what true milk based horror means, but I'm going to be watching on Saturday. It's going to start at four o'clock Pacific, so seven o'clock Eastern. And it just happens to be my birthday on Saturday. So I'm using my birthday wish. You have to tune in. Birthday <laughs> wish. So join me and watch some amazing players go through whatever milk-based horror is. It's going to be awesome. And check out Beetle and Grimm's website for lots of cool stuff. They I think milk-based horror cool. means like uh, based on true events. Oh, okay. I um, think. I'm not sure. I would like think of it as lactose intolerant. Unless yeah. you're just it's a dairy yeah, thing. You're I don't really know. Like, all right. <laughs> have you ever tried to fight a cow? I have not. <laughs> they know better than to fight me. Okay. The children's <laughs> Foundry is uh, if you want to create your own cow murdering adventurer well, the best way to do that and get it on your tables through eldritch foundry where you can use their very very awesome almost character creator like uh a system for creating a miniature of your dreams exactly how you want it 
for your table. It's awesome. Even if you don't play with a table, it's great to have the miniature there to show all your friends what your character looks like. It's a fantastic tool. I 100% recommend it. It's awesome, and we use it here on the show. So check out Eldritch Foundry to get your, your miniature today. You're muted, Katie. Sorry, everything minimized. <laughs> <laughs> and my cat is trying to carve up my blinds. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, you're a nerd. You like nerd stuff. Otherwise, why are you here watching a Dungeons & Dragons podcast live stream? That's right. Wave your nerd flag proud because there's other nerdy stuff. So buckle up. We got Rock Punch, ATL, that's right. Those are the guys who produce us. Those are who who are on their stream channel right now, unless you're listening to the podcast, and then you might not be aware of that, but that's what we're doing. Rock Punch ATL streams other cool stuff too. Right now they're streaming Last of Us because the new Last of Us should be coming out sometime this year. When? I'm, I personally don't know, but I'm excited about it, boy oh boy. And then, and then Animal Crossing, so much Animal Crossing, we're gonna cross all the animals, we're gonna cut down the trees, we're also gonna shake the trees. Now we're doing landscaping. Get your shovels out. Yep, ladders are a thing too. Get excited, say hi to Isabel. Thanks, Morty. <laughs> that is such a Rick and Morty ad. Oh my God, that was amazing. Without further ado, let us immerse ourselves into the Chronicles of D4. <laughs> Last time, on Dimitas and Double Digit Dice, the VFGs, still stuck in the dog book, found themselves standing in the middle of a lava-filled Forge of Moradin. As they looked upon the massive centipede-like creature, Sir Kurish the Bold drinks a potion of speed and charges forward to save his princess from the clutches of this evil creature. As the creature speaks, it is as if the elements themselves shift and move around from its vocal cords. Seisha, able to understand it, soon learns that the creature is not trying to harm them, but wanted to protect Princess Serafina. 
Through several persuasions and deceptions of the god of coffee manifested by Harold and Sasha's kind words, the Can't party was able more. to talk Sir Kirsch down and show that you should not judge a book by its cover. And that even though that Gil the Rimaraz was terrifying looking, he had a soft heart and only wanted to protect and keep those safe while he worked away at his forge. As they came out of the book, Renair, who had coffee waiting for Harold, tells V how excited he is for their date tonight as he heads off to get things ready. The party learns from Voss that he needs to head to the casino known as La Spina Doro in order to find a necklace belonging to a friend of his. The party heads to the dock ward to a casino that Harold and Veen are all too familiar with, a casino that once was managed by the Harlequin himself. Their nerves begin to take over, wondering if they will find him there again after believing him to be dead. The BFGs enter the casino and play the greatest games of gambling that any of them have ever played in their entire lives. Or probably will play. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, baby. So many natural 20s. Nice. The, this causes them to be invited to the High Rollers table, where they bet a necklace that leads to Manshun and the Zentarum's main hideout. With this offer, they are brought upstairs, where they meet the new proprietor of the casino, a hobgoblin named Karnan. Also known to Harold as the Cudgel of Carnage, who has a pet basilisk and works for the Rose. They learn that the Harlequin indeed has gone missing and that other people in the Rose's organization did not like him. In the end, they gather Orso's necklace and make their way back to the Spirits of Trollskull, where Renair is waiting for V on their date. And that is where we will begin tonight's session. Renair has sent V to fetch a carriage and has given you all a letter of all the locations of where they might be tonight, should you need them. Oh, and um, I almost forgot. Um, I have set up a moving service to assist you all in moving any essentials you need moved. Uh, they should be here tomorrow morning. Uh, remember, anything you want to leave behind, just uh, leave a letter about its upkeep with Leaf, and I promise I'll take care of it for in your absence. I promise we'll keep each other safe, and we'll be back before too long, so don't wait up. Have a wonderful time. Be safe. And Be I just kind of give two thumbs up to V, like, you got this. V. Yeah. You and Renair get a carriage <clears throat> that you flag down, which he offers to pay for. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to pay for it. I got it. Oh, oh. I insist. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You all get into um, the modest carriage, and along the ride, you make small talk about the book and the adventures you had in it, explaining yeah. how you felt connected to the mountain and excited about the outside world. You get so wrapped up in telling the entirety of the story, as he asked before, that uh, before you know it, you're part within the court of the White Bull. Wow, that is just fascinating. The magics of this world is astounding sometimes. But hey, as real as that may have seemed, I can assure you that the real world outside of this city can be just as exhilarating, scary, dangerous, fun, and beautiful. Well, so far, all I've seen is some swamp marshes, and that was um, not ideal for me. Uh, but, I'm, but I would just love to at least see just the mountains like I can't 
it really bothered me coming back and realizing I had never been to mountains before and yet I thrived so well on them. I didn't even know that I am not sensitive to cold until now. V, trailing off with his last word and being enraptured with your excitement for the mountains, you catch Renair's eyes linger interlocked with yours in a moment of silence before he nervously realizes and clears his throat before continuing. <clears throat> um, yeah, that sounds fascinating. I, you know, I thought we could take some horses outside the city for a ride. Um, and I think I would like to see an old friend of ours. It's been a long time since he's been outside of the city. That is, if you don't mind. Who's our old friend? <laughs> Come with me. Okay, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Oh my God, okay. Making your way down a small street that bleeds off the court and rounding a corner, you find the magnificent statue of dark bronze sculpted horses running through a fountain where their water splashes up at their hooves, giving kinetic life to their still forms. You make your way into the gentle rest stables where you find a dapple gray horse munching on some oats. And Renair pulls out an apple and hands it to you. Do you remember what you to say in order to let him know that you are a harper? No, but I know his name's Monty and I have an apple. <laughs> That's okay. Just remember the Harper's Creed. We work in the shadows to have information in order to keep the balance of power and that no one, no matter how small or how poor that they should be with, without both. So simply say information above power. Okay, I was about to very, very poorly spit that back at you because mm -hmm. I reset. Wait, information is power? Information above power. Information above power, okay. <clears throat> she holds out the apple, saddles up, for lack of a better word, <laughs> next to Monty. Hey, information above power, and hands over apple to Monty. Uh, uh Monty is dumbstruck by this. You guys are muted. Okay, uh, sorry. Well, yeah, I, I realized that. Sorry. Uh, the horse pulls up his head out from his feeding trough and finishes a few oats he is eating behind his undulating pursed lips. Uh, he stares you down um, head on as his tail bats away at a few flies from his body. And soon, in a timid, soft voice, he replies, uh, None without both. Ooh, is that an apple? Yes, Melanie, it's me, V. This apple's for you. I love apples. I know, I remembered. Well, really, yeah, okay. I'm going to take that credit, yep. What are we doing? Are we going on a mission? We are going out. That's right. Um, we are indeed. How, how would you like to go for a ride, old friend? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's what we're doing, okay. Where, where are we going? I don't know. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. And after a little while, best horse answer. <laughs> you and Renair saddle up and rent a large, pure black, long-maned Frasian draft horse for you and the dapple gray uh, Lepizon for him. Following Renair, 
you make your way down to the edges of the southern ward where the smells of a wild ray of authentic ethnic food from across the world fills the streets. A warm, inviting scent of aromas, as opposed to the wretched stench of the dock ward, fills your nostrils. Renair takes you to a street merchant, selling food from a portable kitchen street cart of one of his favorite food combinations. He orders two taco tacos and two bulgogi tacos, and taco as in T-A-K-O, which translates to octopus tacos and broiled sweet beef tacos, both of which are served on a crispy fried wonton shell, a fusion of karatur and mazdikan foods. That there is one last place I wanted to take you. Are you ready to truly see the Splendor's beauties in a way you'll never forget? Yes. Um, yes, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I can't wait for this. I, I think it's something that you'll really enjoy. And I'm pretty sure it's something you've never experienced before, but I could be wrong, but I'm taking a shot in the dark here. Okay. How do you like the tacos? They're really good. Aren't they? I, I just, yeah, like, I love the blend of the two cultures and it's a little bit of something different from outside the city. Yeah, yeah, I've always enjoyed um, seafood, but nothing quite like this. It's... It's good. I'm, I'm glad you like it. It's it's one of my favorite little hole in the walls here in the city that not a lot of people know about. Um, not a lot of people make their way down to the dock wards unless they're here on business. So in southern, uh, southern ward, yeah. the southern ward, unless those who who live here. Right. So where are we going? All right, this way. You make your way back up the, to River Street and head out to the river gate to the east, out of the city and down the same winding path that you took when you all headed towards our deep forest, currently cursed into a swamp by a hag. However, once you reach the evergreen fields of grass, you start to head north across many of the farming lands and large acre noble villas. You eventually come across a large Spanish white stucco ranch villa mansion with a bright red terracotta roof. In the distance, you see hundreds of grapevine-covered trellises in a pretty sizable vineyard. You also notice many stables and fences and acres of open land, all of which is encased in a 70-foot-high netted tent canopy. Across every door and every gate is the family crest of the Bellabrantas, noble house which reads, Virtue Alone in Nobles. They are known for breeding, raising, and training the Griffins for the Griffin Rider Cavalry Guards of Waterdeep. Soon approaching, as they see you riding up towards their farm, is a lord and lady dressed in blues, purples, and white muted, comfortable fitting noble farmer's clothes. The man with a thick, coarse, subtle, stubble black beard wears a white, wide curled brimmed cattleman's hat that sits real low on his brow, casting a shadow over his hardened silvery hazel eyes. A blue bandana hangs around his neck over his long, dark leather duster jacket. The long, dark brown-haired woman wearing a long muted purple sundress that dances in the wind smiles in your direction. 
As she looks back behind her, you see off in the distance near the house, a young girl in her early teens playing with a golden nimble right with digigrade legs dressed in a red tabard emboldened by the image of a silver griffin and a foppish cavalier hat. It has simple facial features similar to a gold Venetian mask with sculpted filigree along the upper half of its face. <clears throat> Salutations, neighbors. What, may I ask, brings Lady Gathala and Lord Neverember to our lovely abode? Uh, Lord Alistair, Lady Geneva, it is so good to see you. It has been a few years since I've needed your services. This time, I can assure you, it is just for an evening stroll. Lady Gathala has never seen the city in all of its true splendor, and I was wondering if we could perchance acquire the aid of some of your griffins to rectify this traversity. Well, miss, I can tell you're strong. The weapon on your back lets me know you can handle yourself in tough situations. But are you scared of heights? I don't think so. I one time jumped out of a third story building. Good. I think we have a pair of young stallions that need some breaking in to learn a little more discipline if you think you're up for the task. I'm, I'm willing to try. I'm so up for it. Well, then just follow Geneva and Anastasia. The ladies and Griff, our tin can, will get you settled into your saddles and set you on your way. Always a pleasure to see our fellow nubbles pay us a visit from time to time. Also, to save yourself some trouble, stay on the outside and try not to fly into the city. Don't want to cause trouble with the Griffin Rider guards. Just make right. sure to have our Griffins back by nightfall or at least soon after. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. You follow... Lady Geneva, as she beckons Anastasia to help her in the stables. You notice the nimble right, known as Griff, never leaves her side. Soon, you are saddled up with two griffins, one of which looks like a fierce red hawk with beautiful muted light tans and brick red coloring. The other, a striking bald eagle with a brilliant white feathered head that fades into the deep, rich, dark browns of its bodies. The ladies and Griff lead you back outside of the gate, gated and netted pasture and into the wide open grassy fields. What do you do? I'm sorry, my two cats are just- really being real needy. They were really <laughs> fighting and growling and like, I was trying to- <clears throat> I missed that last bit. That's right. You're led. You're, yeah, you're led outside. You're on the griffin. What do you do? Um, I fly up in the sky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead and make an animal handling check. Got it. Got it. Forgot about those checks. Right. Three. Three? Three. Oh my god! Okay. Don't like you. <laughs> you try to coax the griffin to move, but it is stubborn and refuses to move in the direction you wish. Come on. It seems to be gnawing and moving, uh, gnawing the grass, and it moves to seem to deliberately try to scrape you off across the fence or tree nearby before making small swift jumps and attempts to knock you off. <laughs> Make a strength saving throw. Oh, well, that I can do. 
Oh, well, that's a uh, 23. Oh, you, you hang on, and you hear Lady Geneva speak up um, as she says, Now, with these stallions, you have to show them who's boss. Don't be afraid to put a little more hitch in your giddy-up. That one theirs can take it. So with that, you can either make an intimidation or an animal handling check. Your I choice. will do intimidation. Yes, <laughs> And that is 12. Okay. And with that, it's rocky. And you fight with the griffin for a little while. But it eventually takes off. And you watch as Renair has a little trouble getting his going at first, too. But along the same lines, he does manage to kindly rein it in. And you see a little assertion coming from him um, as he, you know, kicks it a little bit with the stirrup and uh, and gets it going. Soaring up into the wind, you quickly raise into the skies. Everything below you becomes small, like looking down at ants. You feel the strength and power of the beast below you with every beat of its massive 12-foot wingspan. Soon, lofting up beside you is Renair, with an ecstatic glow to him, a sense of adventure and pure bliss as he beams with joy and excitement. His hair wafting in the wind as you two soar next to each other, looking out at the growing ever smaller city of splendors. The colors of the waning sun as it drifts below the horizon paints a cascade of deep warm hues across the cloud-scattered sky. From one side, you see the ever-expanding world of Faerun, the trees, the rolling hills, and grasslands, and even the edge of the sword mountains to the north. On the other side, you start to see the only things you've ever known in a way you've never dreamed of. You see all of the massive walking statues. You see Trollskull Alley, Blackstaff Tower, the Font, the Castle Lantern and Gathala Villas, the imposing Mount Waterdeep, and the harbor of ships it lords over. You feel the wind in your face and the call of the wild. You have never felt more free. What do you think? It's beautiful. This is the City of Splendors. This is what we have fought for. What we, what we nobility, I guess, rule over, if you call it that. Well, I don't. Not anymore, at least. Same. I really did. And I agree completely. When you're up here, you kind of see it from a, a different perspective. Yeah, everything looks so small, like a dollhouse. It does. It's, it's fascinating. They look like little, little ants in a, in a colony. In a way they are, or we are, I guess. We are very small in a very large world. Toral is a lot bigger than you think. Even the Sword Coast alone is massive. And we are, we live in one of the biggest cities in all of Toral. But 
yet we are so small when you look upon her beauty. Um, yeah, I just, when I left home, my initial goal was to leave. I just didn't know how or where or when. I know the feeling. Yeah, well, you have left. I did. But you chose to come back. Why? Why come back to a city that is constantly rejecting you? Well, allow me to start at the beginning. My mother died when I was very young. I only have a few memories of her, mostly to how she made me feel safe and happy. I couldn't have been more than eight or so when she passed. And what I do remember, you would have loved. My father, on the other hand, was far too busy being the one open lord to spend time with us or me after her passing. I was raised by nannies and servants of our house, but that wasn't fun for me. So I snuck out a lot to play with the children of Waterdeep. And as I grew up, I fell in love with the people and the outside world. Eventually, I inherited the tedious duty of managing my family's extensive property holdings while my father resided in Perion's palace. But fate had other plans for me. One late fall night, I was confronted by Lorelra Harsand while about suspicious happenings at a property owned by the Neverember family. She, her bodyguard, Maloon Wardragon, and I went to investigate where we found Vajra Safar imprisoned and tortured by a man named Kodar in a plot to seize control of the city. This Kodar, mind you, was using the house with my father's permission. That was the first time I suspected my father of nefarious undertakings. Anyways, long story short, we were accused of murdering Vajra by Kodar when we hid her away from him. I blackmailed my father into rescinding the charges against us. Soon after, Kodar was killed and Vajra Maloon, Lorelra, and our friend Eric formed the Moonstars, named after the original Blackstaff secretive group that was created to unify the races against the forces of evil. The further things went on, the more I grew apart from my noble duties and fell into adventuring. And the more and more nefarious plots arose from my father's machinations, eventually leading to him being kicked out of Waterdeep by L'Oreal Silverhand. After leaving and, and moving on and going on these adventures, it's what led me to the Hoppers. It's what... I fell in love with the people and felt guilt for leaving. And when I became a full harper, I asked to be placed back in Waterdeep after my father had already left. And I felt like I could do some good and try to rebuild the name that he had so sullied. Granted, he is doing quite well in Never, Ember, or in Never Winter now. Kinda in the name. <laughs> Sorry. Well, coincidence, but yeah. I asked you. It was. 
I got it. It's like it a blacksmith named Smith. Yeah. I'm just... I get it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I loved I love traveling. I love seeing all of Faerun. But my heart lies with this city. I used to think I love the city, but lately I can't help but feel like um, I've worn out my welcome in a way. What do you want? Where does your heart lie? (sighs) Definitely adventuring. I'm just so tired of feeling contained, like I'm living by other people's rules and that I can't do what I want, really. I mean, I I really enjoy helping people and, you know, making sure people are safe and whatnot, but I just, sometimes I just feel like, well, this city is great for the rest of my family. Um, It never really felt like it was for me when I was younger and when I would, you know, sneak out and go gambling or whatever with with Harold and whatnot. um, I did feel like I was a part of the city. And I think that's when I loved the city the most because in a way it felt like it was being kept from me. And now I'm starting to think that maybe the only reason why the city liked me so much was because of my family who I who I left, but no one seems to believe that. And it's really difficult dealing with people constantly accusing me of being kicked out like there's something wrong with me. I understand. And unfortunately, that is the society of nobility, and it's all about appearance and perception. To them, perception. Yes, appearance and perception. To them, a perception is nine-tenths reality, no matter what is true and what isn't. But who cares what they think? All that matters is what you feel in your heart and all that you care about those around you. As long as you don't mind, then don't let it get to you. And as soon as you can, go on those adventures. Be free. You're no longer burdened by the chains of nobility. And it's your choice. It's not theirs. It is your choice. I guess my other issue is is I don't just want to leave by myself. I don't necessarily want to be alone. Well, um, you have a family, you have a new family, friends. I assure you, trust me, I've, I've been in your shoes before. I did not think that I would ever leave the city, nor the group I was with, because they had very strong ties to Waterdeep, would ever leave the city. But the Moonstars are more my family than my father ever was. And eventually... Our adventures took us outside this city, and I would take a bet in it that the gods have more in store for you than just nobility squabbles and riffraff here and there in the city. Yeah, um, 
I just can't help but remember all of those stories. My grand used to tell me and it just kept making me feel like that's where I should be, but I don't even know how that's possible, especially considering our, you know, tribes were destroyed. Oh, and maybe. I don't even know. I don't even know how to really travel through mountains. <laughs> I've only <laughs> been to one and it was a fictional one in a book. So. Well, there's only one way to do it and that's to do it. So maybe, maybe you can go try and find the last known location of your, your tribe. I, I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> like I need some sort of closure or something. I don't know. I, from what you... My biggest issue right now is everything, like I'm supposed to have a plan. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing, where I'm going and what I want and everything. Everyone else seems to have like fairly clear ideas of what they want i didn't know what i wanted and i still don't know what i want i live by the hopper creed and that's how i live my day i don't know where i'm sleeping from one night to the next because i like to give back to the taverns and inns that are in this city which is why i stay in a new tavern or inn every day or every night um it's wherever the harp plays and the wind carries me is where i I tend to find myself going and I'm very happy that it led it led you and your group to me and that and my friend Floon I, I it's quite um quite a happenstance for sure yeah I do miss that talking axe though <laughs> Uh, Azure Edge, yes. Um, who knows? Maybe one day it will be bestowed upon you once again. Then I'll definitely have to stay in the city. <laughs> That's kind of his whole point of existence. It is. It is. And so it seems like from, from the gist of it that, uh, that it wasn't meant to be at the time because you're not destined to be in the city right now. And I see that um, I actually noticed the, the blade on your back. I remember when Maloon got that. It's, I, I'm glad that he gifted it to you. Uh, I cannot see a more worthy person to wield it. Thanks, that means a lot. Have you ever fought a Bahir? No, I don't think so. Have I? I don't think I have. No. no. <laughs> I didn't think so. I feel like I would have known. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely know these things. You, they are fascinating creatures. They're uh, dracon, like, they're related to dragon, the dragon kin. Um, they are massive lizard beasts that have multiple legs, eight or t 10 legs, and they have the ability to coalesce electricity within their body to where they can send it out in a, in a streaming bolt of lightning. Terrifying creatures, but they actually hunt dragons. Um, and I believe that is uh, what that blade is known for. Wait, but I like dragons. I don't want to kill dragons. Not not every dragon is good. Dragons are, tr are, are tricksters, and especially those of the chromatic. Um, they are oh. they are embodiments of evil. 
Well, the one that I know is not that at all, and he's really nice, and we're friends with him. You know a dragon. Yeah. Oh my god, I just blanked on the name. Crap. Crap. Can anyone help me? Uh, nobody's there with you, but you can make uh, an intelligence roll at disadvantage to try and recall that information. Great. Bob the dragon. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look who Bob's the bush. Me. You said I'm okay. doing an intelligence uh, check? Yeah, intelligence yes. check. Nine. Nine. You, on the tip of your tongue, you know it starts with a Z. Zag, 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 Okay, well, the guy you What kind of dragon is it? Where did you meet a dragon in Waterdeep? You, I, dragons aren't allowed in Waterdeep. We were playing hide and seek in the water, and he took us to his lair, and um, he gave us some wigs, and um, he has Harold's accordion. And he's really oh. nice, and he just really likes people stuff. You know, I all these things are technically true. <laughs> I am going to have to hear more of this. Perhaps when there isn't your, the wind rushing past is, I think I'm catching every other word. <laughs> I heard all I heard was Harold and Wigs hide and seek. <laughs> and as the night begins to take hold over the fading colors of the dust sky. You hear an eruption of earth from somewhere down below. You can make a perception check if you so wish. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, at disadvantage. I will do that. Because <laughs> I'll do it anyway. <laughs> I hear a disruption right now. These two kitties are growling. I hope you guys can't hear it. I'm it's the griffins. Yep, it's the griffins. Griffin. Fighting against you. Yeah, this is what happens when you introduce Cats to each other. Uh, perception? Yep. Uh, it's going to be 12. 12? OK. Swooping up from below, you hear a haunting, ear-piercing shriek ring out through the sky. Uh, I need V, Rainier, and the Griffins to make con saves. Oh, hell yeah. Huh. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh right, no. Uh, oh no. You you each um Dustin roll a D20 for your griffin? I got it. Yep. Oh, and and V roll a, a D20 for your griffin. Wait, would my would my griffin get my bonus? No, 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 no. no. I we, have the sheet. Just Hold just up. tell us what the D20 is. Okay, uh the griffin did better than me. Wow. I'm scared. So I rolled a 10 and my griffin rolled a 15. Um, <clears throat> Renair rolled an eight. His griffin yeah. rolled a 19 on the die. What mm. the hell? So <clears throat> 21. He's more prepared in the air than we are. 23 on, oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're naturally fit and born for the air. <laughs> yep. this, this is my home <laughs> yep. Okay, so fun times. Um. <laughs> Sometimes for Devin. Mm. Griffins are fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you all, as this this screech hits both you and Renair, all of a sudden you feel shocking through your core. This your ears begin to ring and your head goes wobbly. Uh, you are current. You and Renair both are currently stunned. Cool. Um, you as something goes for you. Everybody roll initiative. It's going to get a surprise round since you guys are stunned. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure, they're in the middle of the sky. How could anything ruin the date now? <laughs> you should read the paper. <laughs> I don't... I will read. That's for Agma, baby. That's Agma, baby. That's Agma, baby. Oh, you got that? Okay. Oh my god, you guys. 25 um, to 20. Oh, and... Uh, the griffins will go on. Our turn, yeah. On. Are you okay? Yeah, we're out of tissue paper and paper towels and tissues, so I had to go in olden times with a good old classic hanky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 25 to 20. Uh-oh. 20 to 15. Did you remember to roll with advantage, V? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Good, good times. Uh-oh. 20 to 15. Uh-oh. You mean 15 to 10? Yeah, I was just double checking on that 20 to 15. Yeah, no. no, no. Okay, 15 to 10? 13. 12. <sighs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Well, an 11 and a 10. Yep, it's going to be it's going to be so good. So, yeah. We're okay. we're stunned, stunned, baby. Let's go. Mhm. Right, my chair so squeaks. Need some need to oil it. Can you oil chairs? Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, get some WD-40. Let's go to the store soon. Because- not going to need it because apparently we're about to oil it with your blood. <laughs> like- um, hey, V. Yeah. High or low? Hi. Okay, it's going to attack Renair. Oh, no. Oh. You saved yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you killed your date. Most. Renair, does a seventeen hit you? Um, it most certainly does. Okay. Wait, no, cast shield. Damn it. Renair cast. Uh... <laughs> All right, swooping up is this uh, a massive man cover or no uh this massive like humanoid weird vulture like creature um with large blue gray leathery skin uh vulture like creature with dark gray ash feathered wings with a light gray hairy mane that fades down its back a dark green haze floats around and falls off the creature as it skyrockets towards you in your direction they show in front of you you that is not me. <laughs> I'm going to, Maybe uh, a relative? I'm really jealous about their date. Uh, <laughs> as he bites into Renair and does 14 points of piercing damage. Also, that is not what I thought it was. Michael Keaton, no. I had 21 to hit. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another. Me. Sorry. 14 points of slashing damage as it bites into your shoulder and then starts raking its claws across your chest, perched on the back end of this griffin, and it is going to go first. 
14. 14, 14. Okay, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, two attacks. It goes first in the round. Uh, it, you are no longer... Nope, still stunned. Still stunned? Yep, until okay. the end of this turn. Got it. Um, ooh, 15. That misses! 15 misses. <laughs> Satan's half oh. as it goes to rake its claws against you again. No. That is a uh, 24. A 24 will definitely hit. Mm-mm. Lie about it! <laughs> Just lie to the man! Uh, 22 points of slashing Ooh. damage. He can't see what you're looking at! Ooh. Cover it up! Yeah, Renier, don't look too good. Use the to Beyond to lie. Um, uh, it's it is going to fly away in the and hover away from you. Yeah, what fair. a big! Um, at the end of its turn, both V and Renair come out from being stuck. No longer stuck. Yep. Renair, it is your God. turn. Oh. And he's gonna look and just kind of still kind of like trying to figure out what just hit him. Um, He's going to attempt to look to you um, and then just kind of pull and turn his griffin towards it as he draws his rapier. And it looks like a big vulture person? Looks like a big vulture person. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) That's about all you can add to this in reality. Is it like a shadowy vulture person? Can we see it from where we are, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you look in the uh, uh, the overlay, you you can see what it looks like. Yes, I do see it that. Big enough oh. to see it. Can we throw rocks at it? This is the like distance? one of the three fucking monsters in the entire book I know. <laughs> <laughs> and man, this is bad. Yep. Yeah, immediate like dark crystal vibes from its face. Skexis. Mm. <laughs> All right, Renair, what are you doing? Uh huh. Yep. Um. Uh. Bonus action. Second wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because... Ow. Hey, that's not bad. That's almost maximum. So we're nice. You'll that. Ooh. Um. I will let you guys know since you have stallions, uh, and not the other option that was available. Uh. You will have to make an animal handling check in order to use the griffin to attack. Um, but that is not going to count as your action or anything. That is part of the griffin's action to try and get them to coax them to do what you want it to do. But you can use the griffin to attack. You just have to make the animal handling check. Just a hard smash cut to the tavern where we're just all sipping tea. <laughs> I really hope they're having some fun times. I bet they're going to have 12 babies together. God. To there there it is. There it is. Stop saying it. Um, all right. Uh, Renair is going to go in and um, is going to attack because that's what there is to do right now. Is attack. Uh, what do you have? That's what you have. Um, all right. Um, he is going to go in, um, and as okay, yeah. Uh, he is going to go in, and he is going to. I'll go ahead and roll the animal handling for him to see if he can get the griffin to attack. Griffin. Fine. 
Uh, he does. Uh, that's an 18. 18, yes. Yeah, so uh, sorry, 19. 19 on, on his animal handling. Uh, so we'll, we'll deal with that after his attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is going to attack. Do it. Regularly. Because, yeah. Ooh. That's, that's, that's going to be a no. Uh, first attack is a 13. 13, you swing wide with your rapier as you're uh, bringing your griffin in and it moves, uh, positioning itself as it roll, barrel rolls over you to the other side. I have no idea how to fight on the back of a griffin. <laughs> also, ow! And he's going to try to come in for a second stab. Ooh, even less. Oh, Rolling roll roll fire. Yes. No! The pain searing through you from its claws that rake through you. It felt just the sulfuric smell that you're f- smelling around you uh, seems to cause these wounds to hurt even more, uh, making your swings not uh, make purchase or as strong as you need them to be. Um, um, you can make your attack with the griffin. I'm going to do that. Uh, a beacon of claw attack. Together. Um, oh, yeah, you hit. Uh, 17 on the beak, the claw will miss with a 10. Yes. All right. Uh, coming in, mimicking what the creature did to you, you the griffin bites into the leg of this creature. Eight points of damage. Okay. Um, and that's Renair, because uh, bonus action was to... Yeah. Uh, you do not need to make the animal handling to fly. You have already done that, but you do need to make the animal handling if you want the griffin to attack, just so you know, V. Okay, so am I close enough to attack with my sword? It is long. Um, it is long. Uh, if you want to bring up the Griffin stats on D&D Beyond, you can. But uh, you have 80 feet of flight movement. You are well within range to move up to fight this thing. Okay. Um, in that case, I don't want the Griffin to attack because I don't own the Griffin. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the Griffin to die because I have to return it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll just Get your priorities in order. Anything I'll else? Um, and so I guess I'll fly towards the griffin, griffin, towards the, the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the vulture. There's only one, just checking, right? There's there one. is only one. Okay, I just want to make sure. And I am going to rage because Rainier looks yep. real fucked up. And I'm yep. really that they're ruining my- As you rage. Thoric beast skin Vetorok, a massive man covered in claw scar tattoos, wearing the skin of a grizzly as a hooded cloaked cloak roars out of you before diving off the griffin's back, arms extending as his body shifts into a red ethereal giant eagle. Thalane, the storm Vetorok, a fierce bald woman with lightning strike tattoos forming around her body like tiger stripes, jumps from you as an arc of lightning follows behind trailing from her hammer. She lands on the back of Renair's griffin as she stands barefoot, surfing the backside of the winged beast. As you look back, you see Lo doing the same with her ax in hand, looking down towards you with fierce, proud eyes. She screams in rage and like a whisper in the wind, you hear the words, let your valor raise. Let your spirit rage. Make your attacks. Okay. <laughs> Let's, that ass. Let's do this. You going um, reckless or no? So, oh crap, I made a mistake. My stuff got unequipped, sorry. There we go, we're back in action. Okay. 
Okay, 23 to hit. Uh, 23 hits. Are you recklessing? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just need to know for my attack. Um, yep. Where, I'm sorry, I'm like all of a sudden. Okay. Recklessing is what gives me advantage, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. Oh, oh shit, dog. Okay, so eighteen damage. Nice, nice. Yeah, Come. I rolled two sixes. That's awesome. I brought my because I'm on a date. I brought my heart dice. Awesome, oh, adorable. Damage. I love it. Amazing. So. Flying up as this creature is focused on Renair, you come up, your ancestors pouring out of you. You see Renair's eyes go wide as he's never seen this before. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, then you pull out the Bahir blade, swing it around, and then with a backhanded swing, cut through this creature. Um, can I attack again? Yes, mm -hmm. you can, you have two attacks. All right. Oh, wow. Are you serious? It's funny. I rolled two 12s. Um, so that's um, 19 to hit. 19 hits. Again, coming back, uh, spinning the blade, coming over its shoulder. You cut into it. Okay. That's 16 points of damage. Um, yeah, it cuts into it, and you see uh, a part of the blade clipped the wing as a bunch of spores radiate out, radiate out from uh, underneath the feathers that look where it's harboring mold and fungal spores. I need you... Uh, take a bath! I need you, Rainier, and the two griffins to make constitution saving throws. Oh my god! I don't like this thing. Okay, I'm this one, the griffin is this one. Oh shit, the griffin rolled a 20. <laughs> nice. Um, I rolled a 19. Dang, griffin, I should use that die for myself. Renair? 13. Hmm? Renair, what? Griffin? <clears throat> Eight. Ooh. Got it. Damn. Um... Renair and Renair's uh, griffin, you watch as you cut into this thing, sending uh, spores out in his direction. You shield yourself um, as the, uh, the griffin you're riding uh, brings up a wing, causing a gust of wind, knocking the spores away. But Renair is overtaken by all of this uh, mold. As you see, he is coughing and uh, hacking, and it looks like he is poisoned. No, no. Griffin. Yep. Uh, he's going to take the start of their turns. Is the start? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. And let's see if it's. it's All right, never ember time to get to the game. It's going to make two attacks against you, uh, V, because you hurt it real bad. Yes, I did. So it's going after me now? Ethan, what is that thing? 
Uh, find out them play. I guess never mind. It doesn't dictate that it's can't. It, that's an action, uh, but it is an action. So that was his okay. action to do that. Um, it is Renair's turn. Uh, Renair's going to take some poison damage. Can attack me? Uh, no, he, he, his action was to do the spores. Yep. And that's what this creature did. Yep. Okay. Renair, you take six points of damage, and your griffin takes two points of poison damage. Renair, no. Got it. Uh, I can't have my date die. Not only is that going to look bad, but... Uh, Renair is, like, coughing, and he goes, I bloody hate these... And then he's gonna go in for an attack. Uh, he will use his bonus action to spend a superiority die to use feigning attack, which will cancel out the disadvantage from um, poison. poison. I might actually hit. Um, 17. 17 hits. All right. Um, he will. Just Get it. I know. I'm aware. Uh, da, 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 what is it? it this is, is too much, y'all. <laughs> um, all right. He is going to. Ooh, that's decent. 28 points of damage from Renair. As 28 points of damage. He did, because he sneak attacked as well as superiority died damage. In the air. He's the uh, because he has a, an ally within five feet of the creature he's attacking. Doesn't necessarily need an ally around him. Oh, oh, yeah, because I'm distracting the creature. Yeah. It is very strange the way he strikes and pierces this creature with his rapier is very similar to how Voss moves, as he may also be a swashbuckler. Um, uh, but- Renair will then come back with a- another attack. Yeah. Uh, and this time he will roll at disadvantage uh, and will miss on this one because... Um, and then uh, he will attempt to attack with his griffin, uh, but will not. Okay. We'll just miss miss it with an eleven. Um, oh man! But at the end of his turn, he will try to overcome this poison. Uh, with a natural twenty, he will overcome this poison, so he is no longer poisoned. Get it? Got it. There you go. <clears throat> you watch uh, Renair stab through this thing, go to cut again as the uh, creature moves out of the way at the last <laughs> second. But you see a vigor emboldened Renair as he is ready for a fight. And V, you see an opening. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna go for it. It's still not dead yet. Dang. All right. Nope. Cool. Nah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks like sixty points of damage to it. Like whatever. Yep. It, it, it looks like Renair's weapon is not doing as much damage as yours for some reason. Interesting. Okay. 21 to hit. That 21 hits. hits. 
Okay, and then 14 damage. Cutting up uh, through, uh, uh, cutting near its leg, trying to avoid the wing this time, your uh, blade makes purchase as you cut down into his bone. It screeches out in pain. That's first attack. All right, hell yeah. I was waiting to see if it died before I rolled the other attack. No. We'll, we'll ask that beautiful question. Natural 20, bitches. Ooh, nice. nice. Very nice. So I get a double... Crap. What do I get double on? I always. Um, you so you're gonna you are automatically have a maximum of two d six from your 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 weapon. So that's oh. already twelve okay. plus your rage damage and your strength. So I think that's plus six. So you already have a plus eighteen. So you're gonna roll two d six, and add that to eighteen. Okay. Twenty-four points of damage. Twenty-four. Nice. Uh, but this time you come in with with the blade as you come down, but seeing this opening of, of it, you come up right under the wing and cut right up into the chest and you watch as this black ichor-like blood just sprays out of it. And you just see it kind of like sca- cascading down like rain um, as it just does this other just screech. Um, and it uh, does not like that. So V's gonna yell, I don't know you, that's my date. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Renee's a griffin also seems to no longer be poisoned. The rock is going to go, or the creature is going to go after you, V. Uh, you'll learn soon. You know what it is. Uh, because you are attacking recklessly, it gets advantage on your on its attacks against you. Does a 21 hit you? Yeah. Screeching out in pain, it then turns around and buries its beak into you, doing seven points of piercing damage. Halved to uh, three. Oh, no. What will I do? Don't, don't mock them. They'll make it hurt. I know. Um, and then you watch as as it bites, its back talons reach out and clip and try to attack Renair. Uh, it has disadvantage on this because okay. it. Well, that may not hit. A fourteen. Fourteen misses. Um, you actually watch as the as it comes in. Renair is about to bring up, and you watch he's about to parry the. Um, blow away, but you watch as uh, the Storm Herald brings its her hammer across, parrying away the blade, uh, imposing the disadvantage because it, you have attacked it, and it has disadvantage to attack any other creature other than you. Yep. Mm. Uh, Renair, it is your turn. Um, all right. Uh, Renair, who is no longer poisoned, huzzah, uh, is going to expend another superiority die to do another feigning attack uh, as um, he brings his blade in and at the last second drops it but switches hands and comes up with a stab. Hopefully he'll be able to hit. That's uh, not too shabby. That's a 22 to hit, which I know hits. Mm-hmm. Um, so another... Do, 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 
21 points of damage. All right. Uh, and then second attack, which will be... Um, second attack will come in, and ooh, that's a three on the die. Uh, the, the first attack, um, seeing the Storm Herald bat the wing across uh, of this creature, it opens up its torso as Renair drops the blade and comes in with a stab it's straight through its gut, carving across it, um, doing a massive amounts of damage. It then... Uh, bats its wings away at the last second, knocking Renair's blade away. Uh, and But his back is completely turned to you, V, as he's focused on Renair. What do you do? Oh, no. Um, but is it my turn? or It is your turn. Okay, I was like, am I? Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm going to attack it again. Um, oh, so close. Uh, this will be 26 to hit. 26 will hit? <laughs> Just <Yep>. barely. <laughs> a lot. A lot. A lot. 20. Yep. I Just barely. Like, <laughs> that's like, that's, so Katie's looking at me like, uh, what? <laughs> close to what? <laughs> 20. Okay. Um, 14, 16 damage. Sing us its swan song. Yes! Yes! Hey. You saved the date. So I yelled, I said this was my date! And I just sort of like find this really cool way to like kind of balance up on the griffin. We're just going to say I can do that. And we're yeah, going to... I don't want to roll an acrobatics check. You're you're on your how do you want uh, your uh, your swan song. You can say whatever you want. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I do a super cool move where I'm like surfing on the griffin. And then you're I mimicking low at this very moment. Yep. Yep. And then I just kind of go like a that's my day, and I just sort of like a downwards stab right through him, just right. Like face, neck, like. Yes. As you do, you come down and you actually cleave one of its wings completely off, sending it in a spin. And as it spins, you flip your blade around and come in on a backswing, catching it right on the neck, completely decapitating it. As the head turns and begins to fall, you watch as it and its entire body slowly turns to a sulfuric smelling goo as it just falls to the earth below. Ew, and it gets everywhere because they're in the air and it's spinning. <laughs> so we get covered in it. No, you do not get covered in it. It, okay, it falls away from you. Yeah, Don't so as you cut it down, it goo. falls down. And as it's falling, you see it dissolve into the sulfuric goo as your ancestors look at you, emboldened with how proud they feel before fading back into your visage. Uh, as you see Renair kind of like clutching his side. Why was that fiendish creature here? It I must have, have been, no idea. It, it must have been remnant left over from when the demon lords manifested into the Underdark all across Faerun. Okay, that's a lot of information that I don't know anything about. Uh, well, you seemed like you knew what it was. It's a it's a vrock. Um, according to a book I read written by someone by the name of Dizrian A. Aaron, his group known as the Demonic Imperator Contamination Killing Syndicate or they went by dicks for short. Um, 
they led by some asshole named Billric. I don't know, he was some gnome. Bunch Very pompous, but uh, but they took care of the demon lords, and it looks like they didn't get everything. Um, we, we best take the griffins home before it gets too late. Are the demon lords. What now? The demon lords were dicks, or the dicks took care of the demon lords? The dicks took care of the demon lords. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it, it, some play on words. He thought, thought they were funny, I guess. I don't know. It happens all the time with adventuring groups. You'd be surprised. Yeah, tell me. I still wish we had a better name than what we have. You can thank Seisha for that and the fact that none of us had a better idea. Right. Um, anyways, let's let's head back and take the griffins back. Okay. Ooh, um, that was uh, ooh, that was intense. As you begin to fly and make your way back towards the Bellabrontis uh, villa, Renair looks to you. So I couldn't help but notice we were not alone up there. Whatever you did, I've never seen that before. They looked like ghosts pouring out of you. It was absolutely incredible. That first one just leaped off and wild shaped like a druid. And then the one on my griffin was causing a storm of red lightning to radiate all around me. And it blocked the blow that was about to hit me. But yeah. the last one, she looked just like you. And yeah. I mean, just that was wow. That, yeah. was, that was your grandmother? Yeah, is That's what the Gathalas used to be? No yeah, wonder bro. you wanted to be something more than this provocal city life. Right? Like, seriously. Ugh. Anyways, uh, yeah, I forgot you didn't know that. I have, I guess, a bunch of ghosts living in me that like to come out when I get angry in fights. And it's strange that you say the word angry as you feel a swell of anger build up inside of you at the name Gathala. When, when Rainier asked, that's what the Gathalas used to be? That's not what the Gathalas used to be. The Gathalas killed all of them. I'm I'm sorry. Then no, it's okay. You didn't know. What? Uh, that what? was the the uh, Vetorox, my mother's then, clan. Then allow me to call you Lady Viomiliana Vetorox from now on. I think it, I'd rather just V Vetorox. All right, V Vetorox. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I wish I could write away my last name. You know, maybe I can. I legally changed my family manor from Never Ember back to its original name, uh, Brandart Hall, in honor of my mother's maiden name. Brandart? Yeah. Brandart Hall. Brandart Hall. Oh, Hall is part of the name. Yes. yes. I thought I you were know. adding Hall because, like, house. <laughs> what, what what do you think? Do you think Renair Brendertal sound does it have a ring to it? Does no, it suit me? It has a really good ring to it, but at the same time, it's your decision, not mine. It's it's fine. It's I I, I do not fear my father's last name, and it's actually kind of fun to 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 bring. He calls it shame, but I I call it fun when I do something good in the name of Never Neverember. That especially if it spites him. I do rather have fun spiting my father. Anyways. Yeah. It's nice that I can initial things and people won't think I'm Vinley anymore. If I wanted. Because we have the same initials. Ah, I see. Well, Vedarok fits you much better than Gathala does. I think so, so too. And it's a cooler name. I mean, Gathala is like Gathala, but like Vedarok's like Vedarok, you know what it, I mean? It does. It has a fierce name, like Vedarok. <laughs> yeah. And... 
as you keep saying this name, that anger fades away and you feel a sense of pride and adventure swell up inside of you. Yeah. All right, here, uh, let's go ahead and land and, and get these griffins back. I don't think I, any of them got injured. I don't think so either. Mine seems pretty solid. Um, and you fly in and land. And as you land um, and you start to get off, Renair gets off and you can definitely see a wince as he, <clears throat> you can see that most of his backside is just tattered and oh shredded. My goodness. Are you okay? Do you need, I have a greater healing potion. It's, it's fine. Um, we'll, we'll stop at a temple on the way in and I'll have them do some divine healing. Save that for a time when you need it. Okay. I can walk and I can still move and I can still ride in a carriage, so. Okay, um, are you sure you can, I guess if you don't lean back. I, I've had much worse, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're safe though. And I, you Me, I was worried about ass. you. I mean, I just <laughs> I, I was I was trying to pull its eye out from me and then I realized that most of the time I think we make a pretty damn good fighting duo. Yeah, in a Is it wrong if I say it was fun? Oh, it was definitely fun. Okay. <laughs> I've not had a good fight in some time. Okay. And I I would hug you, but I'm afraid of hurting you. I'll I'll be all right. I, I wouldn't want to get blood on you. Right, right, of course. Um, and V uh, just sort of like leans in and like kisses him on the cheek. Uh, we we should we should uh, get I, I'll get the carriage and he he mo mo like runs along and you can see he's like six shades of red but all grin ear to ear. <laughs> you return this the is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> You return the griffins easy enough as Renair goes um, to fetch it uh, to fetch your horses because you brought horses. Oh, horses, right? Not a character. Horses. Yep. Duh, duh. Fetch your horses uh, to. He's all flustered. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that um, Geneva does not see the blood-stained tunic yep. that Renair has. Um, there are no damage to the griffins, so therefore you do not have to make any payments on damages. Um, Good. But uh, you make your way back over to Monty and the Black Horse. And uh, you hear Monty going, Oh, hey, are you okay? I'll be all right, old friend. Oh, hey, V, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, we're just going to go back into town and uh, fix up Renair here. Did the bird horses do that? Yeah. The bird no. horses. No, 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 no. Her <laughs> realization. Yeah. Sorry, I missed oh. you. The bird horses did not do that, Monty. Uh, some vulture creepy they, uh, sulfur thing. Known as a rock. Oh, a rock. A rock? I thought those were on the ground. I'm going to stay <laughs> on the ground. This is why I don't fly. Yes, of course. This is this is wine. It has nothing to do with here. Not not a rock. Of you know what? You know what? Never mind, Monty. Never mind. <laughs> Wait, Monty. Do you think Billy would fly if you so choose? No. Mm -mm. Don't wanna. Wait, but oh. you could if you wanted. No. No. Somebody right. tried to make me fly once and uh, used magic words, and um, I didn't like it. Uh, oh. It's already high up uh, enough as it is. 
All right. Well, um, that's fair. I can't imagine you flying. I feel like you'd just be like swimming in the air really awkwardly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I turned upside down. No, Monty, no. Yeah. Did you learn any music? What? Uh, you know, uh, to play on a harp. To play on a, on a harp? Oh, 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 not yet, but I'm looking to get some lessons soon. Okay, um, I'm sorry that this lesson did not prove fruitful. I like fruit. In the Do you have an apple? Uh, Renee reaches in and hands him an apple. <laughs> what? We can stop by the Temple of Helm. It is on the way in the Southern Ward um, and not too far from here. Um, and over the time, uh, Renair teaches you what rocks are. You learn that they are a fiendish creature from the chaos of the abyss. Mm. They are dull-witted, capricious fiends that live only to create pain and carnage. Rocks gobble humanoid flesh whenever they can stunning potential prey with an ear-splitting shriek then swooping down to attack with beak and claw. Being from the abyss, they dissolve into sulfuric goo upon death, breaking their tether to the mortal plane. Uh, they have toxic spores that grow from the mold in their wings, which allow the rock to poison creatures with just a shake of their wings. <laughs> of coveting pretty things, rocks often target creatures wearing even the cheapest of jewelry or ornamental stones but will always chase down a meal before chasing after discarded items as they enjoy stealing from the corpses. Um, and so Renair tells you that. And you make your way to the Temple of Helm. Um, and oh, Helm, is, Helm is, oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. No, as like V asks Renair, like what would something like that be doing here? A couple of years ago, um, the demon lords were summoned to the Underdark and with them came many, many, of the fiendish creatures of the abyss. I forgot uh, the dicks defeated them. Okay. They did. Um, yeah. They are. They're actually a, a very a legendary group, um, and we're we're actually, from what this book said anyway, um, they defeated Demogorgon himself. Oh wow! What about to say with that fight back there? I I feel like we have some big dick energy here. <laughs> Of the three years we played in that campaign, nobody ever made that joke. That is amazing. Nope. <laughs> um, wow. Yep. I, I feel like that we, that was a you. I mean, that was a fight. Like, I did what I got. Anyways, the Temple of Helm is over here. Um, Helm is the deity of uh, guardians and protection and protectors, so I should easily be able to get some healing here. Um, okay. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. It's fine. You all right? Yeah, yeah. I just um, a little thirsty. Ah, yes. Um, and uh, he takes you to the temple, and uh, he's able to pay for services to be healed up. Um, and they gladly lay protection over uh, on him. Um, and uh, yeah, heal his wounds. Uh, and you and Renair can spend them the night doing uh, whatever you shall wish. If you want to 
stop by a tavern, um, go back to Troll Skull, or do something else. Uh, uh, he asks how you enjoyed going outside of the city. It was wonderful. I loved it. I would really like to do more stuff like that, just to be outside of the city, become more familiar with it so it doesn't seem like some big, great, scary unknown. Well, then let's let's do what we can to finish what tasks you have in the city to get you outside of the city. Yeah, I'm so tired of the tasks in the city. Like, I don't even... No, honesty, I don't care that much about the stone and like at the end of the day what does it really do well it's uh let's not talk about this here you never know who's listening there um but i just think it's dumb that everyone's looking for it that tends to go the way with certain things. More often than not, I assure you. It is not the first time that something so coveted has been sought after. And it will not be the last. I can show you that. It is... Some, some say that it is why we adventurers exist. I guess. To try to make sure powerful things don't get into the hands of the wrong people. But how is everyone so certain that they're the right people? That is the, the conundrum. Actions speak louder than words, is what I always say. But trust those around you that you know you can trust and those that have earned it. Um, I just, if there's somewhere where we can, somewhere where we could talk um i guess without fear of other people listening in sure uh, yeah well, I, I think we can find a place like that okay um and uh he will i know just the place um and we'll flag a carriage down okay one moment i gotta let this dog out of this room it's okay. We um, we will actually um, go ahead and take this opportunity to cut back over okay. to everybody to else. everybody else. So you are at Troll Skull Manor. On the front door is the handwritten letter or handwritten message that says "closed for maintenance." That you can see that Renair wrote to make sure that uh, anybody that were to come to the Troll Skull Tavern uh, will be you know known that it's going to reopen tomorrow. What do you all do? Um, I'm going to take Biblio back up to my room. Okay. And he slowly follows behind you as you try to pick him up and you cannot. <laughs> Are we all sitting in the common room? Oh, you can be wherever you want. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Then Vinley will stop you before you leave. Yeah. Before anyone leaves. She'll say, um, I've been thinking, uh, the first birthday I ever had without my family was the hardest thing I could have ever done. It was my one day a year to be kind of special to them. And 
I've been saving up some money and I, I pull out my pouch. I don't know if this is something you would be interested in. And when she says you would be interested in, she pointedly looks at Voss. Um, but I'm looking to get V a gift for her birthday that's coming up. And it's not useless. It will, it, it's a sort of fetish from Mama Uwe to keep her safe. And I don't think I'm going to be able to afford it alone. What is it? I'll throw in. It's kind of like um, just a doll with her hair made, like made out of her hair. I I know, I know, I know. All right. But it but go on. It, it protects her because is this like like the ghost lantern? Kind of. It makes it. I believe it makes it harder for people to hit her in the first place. Oh. I just want to be clear that this isn't like a, a mood ring situation where, yeah, it's sort of kind of, this is a legitimate it's a functional where a hundred. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I'm sure if I looked around long enough, I'd find a, a, a mood ring somewhere in that place. So, uh, you know, How much I'm just would trying you want to bet on that. I don't think you would. Probably has one. We'll um, look the next how much time. Do you need? I have 277. How much is she, it? Uh, 750. Mm. All right. I, I, don't, I can't. I don't have enough yet. Will we still have a month? Yes. Well, and we can definitely conjure up the money by then. That's why I. Ever since I started running around doing all this adventuring stuff, I've kind of gotten a little wealthy. As long as we always have at least 500 gold left over. Right. That's a good point. Because you all pitched in for that information that I needed before, I would be willing to pitch in for this, useless or not. That's fair. That's sweet, Voss. Thank you. I, just, I do not even have close to that sum on me. Yeah, not not even close. Neither do I, I believe. But hey, now we all have a goal. Yeah, um, let's just not tell her. And I, she looks pointedly at Seisha. I didn't tell the detectives about where the stone was. And that was very good. Let's do that with V. It'll be a lot easier. Yeah. I'm going to go hit the town. They probably already knew, though. I ask you for a favor if you're going to hit the town. Yeah, whatever you need. Pick up that stone that we had contracted yes. the other day. Good I idea. I I can do that by myself. I 100% will take care of that. I'm not going to put you. you through that nonsense again. You're going um, out alone. The, the black one? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, but I'm not going to go out as me to make it a little safer. As you wish. Who are you going to go out as? I'm going to make it up as I go. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not really a planning kind of guy. I'm more like an in-the-moment kind of guy. Fly by the seat of your pants? Yeah. Yes. By the seat um, of my pants. I need to go get an urn. Because I'm going to try to make a delivery tomorrow. If okay. anybody's up, uh, go with me. I will 100% go with you. I may. We will see. Well, 
I do want to go to the library tomorrow, so perhaps we can do that. You have time tonight if you would so wish. Or we yes. could yeah, go tonight yeah. if you so wish. <laughs> yeah. I so wish. I so wish. <laughs> yeah, I'm just letting you know you would be wasting yeah. hours of a day. And it's no need to wait. You still have plenty of hours. Because for you guys, it's still way before nighttime. Gotcha, right. gotcha. Yeah. Um, I so wish. Really so wish. Then we can go get the urn together and then head to the library. Okay. I'm going to stay here. I need to craft a potion. Nice. Okay. All right. I'll join back you here. all later on at Renair's mansion, however. Yes. Yeah. Are we, we are spending the night behind. No, we're we going to Renair's. We're moving tonight. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. said that the movers are set up for tomorrow morning. Yep. As he couldn't but, get Oh, I thought tonight. we were staying there tonight and then they were moving our stuff tomorrow. That's, that's up to you. That's up to you. Okay. But none of your stuff will be there until tomorrow. You're more than welcome to stay. You know the tavern isn't opening until tomorrow, so no one is going to be at the tavern tonight. So you could stay safely tonight without anybody getting interfered I mean, if anything whatever. happened. Why don't we just stay here for tonight? I want to say goodbye to the birds before I leave and all that. Mm, very well. You may as well attend to your business, though. Yeah. And I'm going to grab my disguise kit and head out the door. Okay. Duly noted. Um, we are going to start. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with Seisha and Venli. Um, you easily can find a place to buy an urn. Um, you can spend anywhere from one gold to 25 gold, depending on how nice you gold. want the urn to be. Actually, no, I won't spend 25 because I don't want them to get robbed for the urn. Um, <laughs> I will spend 10 gold. Okay. Um, it is a very nice... They, they do say that it will be... A, a, it'll probably take till tomorrow morning, maybe midday, um, for the engraving and everything to be put on it. Okay, if you. you wanted it engraved. I mean, you're yes. spending 10 gold on it, so I imagine you do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For a moment while we're doing this, Vinley's like, why are we getting an urn? And then thanks. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Wow. And that'll We're take all place glad. in a moment where Seisha looks over with the urn, smiles reassuringly, and Vinley's like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, after we settle all that. So what do you want to research? Uh gods of death oh i meeting one has opened my eyes to the fact that i only really know one god and how can i say i'm an intellectual person without knowing every god well no intellectual knows everything even ogma doesn't know everything we'll see That's early lich talk right there. <laughs> uh, are you making your way to the font? Yeah. Okay. okay. Entering the font, you hear the Gregorian chanting choir harmonizing with a beautiful lore keeper bard. She sings a haunting tale of a realm lost to the mists within the Shadowfell. A song of witches, 
lycanthropes, nightmarish scarecrows, and a tyrannical yet eerily charming monarch. The operatic melody over the droning, haunting celestial chant creates a song that weaves a tale that is entrancing yet chills you to the bone. I like it. Most of the crowd seems enraptured by its haunting beauty, but a few others still carry on uninterested in the chorus. A slew of new alms students pour through piles of research about the realm's greatest bards. A young man struggles over the intricacies of fluidic somatic movements similar to Tai Chi as he tries to manipulate water suspended from a glass before accidentally dumping it on a lorekeeper walking by. Around the corner, you see a small wisps of smoke, fearing something may be on fire. You turn to look to see a deep red dragonborn in ash-covered smoldering armor, researching through a couple of books. Despite the armor, burnt staff at his side, and charred lair on his back, you see the pages he in intensely thumbs through do not soot or burn. As you make your way to one of the corner eight, uh, absidial chancels, you, where you know the section of religions to be. Standing next to a lectern awaiting those who wish to learn is the head sage of theology, who you know to be Lorekeeper Sarah, twin sister of the sage of languages, Lorekeeper Aria. Lorekeeper Sarah greets you with a warm smile as you approach. Vinley, it is good to see you grace our halls again. I am hoping you are feeling well. From my understanding, resurrection can be extremely taxing on the body. And the mind. Lord Keeper Seisha, what part of Agma's knowledge do you seek today? Um, I'm actually here for two reasons. Um, Venli was hoping to learn about some of the deities of death. And um, I need to do some research on some alacrians. Simulacrums. Yes. Yes. Vinley, I thought you were a follower of Mistra. Oh, I am. Uh, devout and true, but... That is, the that is the divine text that was requested when, well, when you were brought to us. However, I guess it could be very enlightening. Did you know that the previous incarnation of Mistra, also known as Midnight, was Kelimvor's lover before they both ascended to godhood? They helped during the time of troubles, as depicted uh, on our ceiling mural as she points up. Sadly, Midnight was killed by Siric, causing the spell plague, but she stayed away her soul within a bear before our warden, warden of Waterdeep, Elminster, and a few others reincarnated her. Through every aspect of her, Mistral, Mistra and Midnight, all living within the weave itself. Sorry, it's just very fascinating. Um, no, but... it's fine. I just grew up hearing a different story. Oh, well, our halls are always welcome to you. But by all means, look through these volumes. Uh, I see your shield, Seisha. It looks to be modified relic of Jurgle. Yes. You know he's the scribe of the dead, right? Yes, yes. He he was actually once the Lord of the Dell. Lord dead. of the end of all times. <laughs> yes, as well as murder and strife, but now he's just the scribe. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm rambling again. Here, these books might help you on him if you are interested. If you need what was further, the part about murder and strife? Uh, he no longer rules over those. Jurgle okay. used to be 
the god of death and he got bored and so he let the three mortals assume the different powers of his so like ball miracle and who was bane. the third bane bane that's right bane and sarah finishes it mm-hmm. everything that you need to know is in these tomes here's jurgle here's kalimvor um if there's anything else you need help with further please do not hesitate to ask uh lore seeker follow me i will show you to the books that you need thank you and i'll follow her thank you i'll uh, be back in a minute venley i look forward to it Okay, uh, you gather books on uh, simulacrum and gather together at a table. Uh, and if you would like to make your research rolls, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Same with you, Vinley. Oh, what do I roll for that? I've never... uh, religion. Oh, God. Am I rolling history or arcana? Uh, arcana. Yeah. Awesome. Oh! <gasps> That's going to be a 19. Okay. Would you roll? Either a 20 or a 1. <laughs> I got a natural 20. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay. <clears throat> um, which one are you looking into first? I was going to do Kelimbor, but once they called Jurgle the Ender of Days and Murder and Strife, I was like, okay, hold up. This doesn't sound like a dude who sits down and writes books. Okay, we will we will take the natural twenty for Kelimvor. You can roll Jurgle for at advantage because you have someone that grew up learning all about him. Right at your side. <laughs> that one's cocked. Okay. Okay. Um nineteen. Okay. Got it. So it was about to be another twenty. Okay. Um and then Seisha, what you get on simulacrums is they are an illusionary duplicate of any beast or humanoid that is within range for the entirety casting time of the spell. The casting time of this spell is 12 hours. It is taxing and leaves the caster exhausted by the end of it. The duplicate is a creature partially real and formed from ice or snow. It acts entirely like the normal creature. However, it cannot heal normally In order to heal it, you have to spend components and an appropriate amount of gold to heal up a simulacrum. Other than that, it is exactly, has the same abilities. It is an exact duplicate of the creature. Do I find anything? Minus half of its, it's about half as hardy as a normal, as as the normal creature that is being duplicated. What was your specific question? Do I find anything about being able to recognize a similar simulacrum? Yes. Sadly, as the as you read, you realize there is no way to tell because it is a perfect recreation beyond okay. the fact that it cannot heal. Mm-hmm. Um, it cannot regain if it has spells. It cannot regain those spells. So it, okay. it once it expends its spell its spells, they're gone forever um and honestly the only way to 100 percent know is once you kill it it turns into a pile of snow and melts instantly okay but there is it's not an illusion 
I mean, it is, but it, it's not. But it's not like an illusion you can see through. Not an yep. illusion you can see through. Yes. Okay. Finley. Kelimvor, also known as the Lord of the Dead and Judge of the Damned, is the God of Death and the Dead and Master of the Crystal Spire in the Fugue Plain. His followers and worshippers are simply known as Kelimvorites, with high priests carrying the title Doomguider. He is known to be fair, yet cold. Kelimvor is the most recent deity to hold this position. Following in the footsteps of Jergal, Merkul, and Siric, unlike these other deities whose rule as god uh, of the dead made the afterlife an uncertain and fearful thing, Kelimvor promotes that death is a natural part of life and should not be feared as long as it is understood. As a result of his deep respect for life and death, he holds the undead in the utmost contempt. Kelimvor once was a renowned mortal fighter named Kelimvor Lionsbane. During the time of troubles, he ascended into godhood and took over the domain of death from Siric, who held it briefly after killing Mercule. Within his church are two orders of undead hunters, the Paladin Knights of the Eternal Order and the secret organization of select gravediggers, morticians, and cemetery workers known as the Most Solemn Order of the Silent Shroud. When Kelimvor was murdered by Siric during the time of troubles, he did not die. Instead, his soul was absorbed into Siric's sentient sword, Godsbane, which was actually Mask, the god of thieves in disguise. Through the help of Mask, Mistra, Torm, and Agma, Kelimvor was returned to life and defeated Siric, casting him from the throne. By the wish of all dead spirits and denizens of the Grey Wastes in 1368 DR, Kelimvor became the new god of the dead. You also learn about the Fugue Plane with your natural 20. The Fugue Plane is a natural plane within the astral sea, where the souls of mortals are drawn when they die. The vast majority of this plane is flat, gray, bland, and nondescript, with only a river of souls that leads to the plane's only significant feature, the City of Judgment, in the middle of which stood the crystal spire where Kelimvor and Jurgel reside and it served as, its, as the former's dominion. And as you're reading over this, you know this place very well. You have stepped foot into the fugue plane and onto the crystal spire. Jurgle. Jurgle. <clears throat> Jurgle, also known by many haunting names, Lord of the End of Everything, the Pitiless One, Scribe of the Doomed, the Forgotten One, Seneschal of the Crystal Spire, the Final Scribe, the Bleak Seneschal. Known to be unfeeling and exclusively formal, he carries little for anything besides an orderly accounting of fate of the world as it slowly sinks into death. And he now serves Kelimvor, as, his, as he has served the other gods of death before him. The Church of Jurgal is a small and secretive, a rigidly organized, almost monastic order that scribes known as the Scriveners of Doom. They are often found in cemetery dwellings or within subsects of churches of Kelimvor. In Ethos, Jurgal is colder and more inhumane than his master, sanctioning the use and creation of undead by his followers, provided they serve the cause of advancing death in the world. He is not evil or malicious, but impassively records the death of all things. 
Durgal is an ancient deity, older than many of the greater gods of Faerun. In the time of Netheril, he was a greater deity himself, with the portfolios of dead, murder, and strife. Clerics of Durgal pray for the, their spells at dusk, a time of day representative at the end, as the end of life. The holiest days of the last night of the year, known as the night of another year, the clergy seize their endless toil for a full night and instead read every name whose death they have recorded from the scrolls they have carefully inscribed over the past year. Jurgle, the once greater deity, lost power because he became tired and bored with his position of power and allowed three mortals to each take parts of his divinity. Bane assumed the portfolio of strife. Miracle, the rulership of the dead. And Ball, the portfolio of murder. Jurgil himself faded from his great stature and became a seneschal to Mercul. Until, later... until Mercul and the three of them were killed during the time of troubles. Yes. And you rolled good enough to learn everything. Yep. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, whew, Vinley is very quiet. If we're reading anywhere close to each other, she is just in her good oh uh, how are you doing Sasha? good how are you honestly from an outsider's perspective the god of death and the, his court honestly sounds like a romance novel more than anything <laughs> there's so many ups and downs and like he said she said but jurgle's He's pretty chill. <laughs> if, if I had to pick a favorite god of death, it would be Jurgle. Really? Not Kelimvor? No. Why? Because Jurgle is concerned more with the facts. And he's less, I don't know, he's less judgy. <laughs> You're speaking in contrary to the God who judges souls to determine whether they go to heaven or hell. <laughs> well, he's, he is, at least the way he was explained to me, he is, he's been there and he's, he's been in charge and he realized that it's not everything it's cracked up to be and the real truth and the real power lies in preparing yeah i i kind of like it it mentions that they pray at dusk mm -hmm. i've only ever talked to mistra when the sun was down it seems safer that way belson used to always pray at dusk it would annoy him because I'd just sit there and be writing in my journal while he was trying to do his prayers. He'd inevitably throw something at me. And I'm sure he hit you. No. No? No. He never hit me, except when we were just training, before Voss got there. Oh, I meant with the objects he threw at you because you're no. not very good no, at dodging. he never hit me. He'd hit like the wall right next to my head, but he never actually hit me. Oh, respect. Yeah. I, he was my teacher. My teachers used to hit me. 
paladin y stuff. They did? Anyway, uh, Jurgle, it's yeah. pretty cool. And while you are discussing this, you notice that the savant is headed your way. She walks with grace and purpose as a warm smile stretches across her lips. Ah, Bendy, how are you feeling? Better now that I'm breathing. I heard our lawseeker here is helping you understand how you will return to us. Yeah, I'm studying the process and the different ins and outs of the afterlife. I am happy to have aided in your story, for it is not over and I can't wait to see the next chapter. Speaking of, our library only has the history of what you are seeking. Perhaps you could learn more by speaking with the Doomguider at the Parish of Lionsbane. However, I should warn you not to bring your ne necromantic conjurations. To do so would be the same as preaching the teachings of the deceiver within these halls. Also, Lawseeker, I think you should join her. Not only will it be helping your friend with her story, it may give you insight on some of yours. Find a man named Yoen for answers you seek about yourself. I can't say for certain, but I feel he is directly touched by the divine as well. Like how I am? Yes. Oh. Oh, oh, Fenley, we have to go do that. Yeah, yeah, I look outside. Is it what, like, how bright is it outside? Um, It's still dusk. It's 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 not dark at all. There's perfect. Mm -hmm. I think now is as good a time as ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's our own private adventure. Let's go, Sasha. Okay. Do you have I any idea where this place is? Scrabble to put the books up and flit around. Um, I'll turn to the savant. Um, do you know where this temple is? Of course. It is at the southern end of the North Ward at the end of Zindelt Street. Zindelt Street. Right next to the northernmost reaching gates of the City of the Dead. Perfect. Um, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for bringing me back to life. I As I said, never your story is not over. That's what I told Kellenvor. <laughs> Or, uh, Thank you, Savant. Of course. I cannot wait to see where your story leads next. Hopefully to Kalimfor's temple. I would hope so. <laughs> you should head out before it gets dark. All right. Are you done putting books away, yeah. Seisha? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. And <laughs> she turns and walks quickly away. The savant just smiles and chuckles to herself as she turns and starts heading deeper into the temple in the library. And you uh, you make your way out mm -hmm. and you you go to exactly where she said, uh, the end I'm, of Zelda Street. There, there is one thing that... Um, there is one thing you should know about Jurgle mm -hmm. that's different from Kalimfor that might be something for you to be aware of. Jurgle doesn't mind undead. As long as they're used to kill yeah that's that's what the books were saying yeah. and it's honestly refreshing seeing a, a god or a goddess that doesn't mind undead ruling over death you're having a crisis of faith i 
I love Mistra. I owe everything to her for coming back during the spell plague. Um, but I don't, are you supposed to feel something, Seisha? Like when you talk to Agma, do you feel warmer, colder? Do you feel something? I take comfort in it. I feel like I'm communing with someone who understands. I, I just don't, I feel like I'm talking to uh, like um, my mother. I'm always talking to her and I guess my magic is how she responds, but I talked to Kalimbor. I just, now that I've had that, I want something more tangible. You've had a direct experience with the God. I mean, it's gonna change. It has to change you. I guess I just didn't think it changed me that much. I, I, I didn't feel anything other than pain, crying, and then being awake again. If everything felt gray, I just, I want to feel that presence again. Specifically his? Probably not. He doesn't like me much. I was kind of rude. You? No. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I... I think Jurgle would like me. And I like Jurgle. He's he's not as emotional or as opinionated as Kellenvor. No, very much not. Well, Kellenvor is not opinionated. He just doesn't like me. <laughs> I will let you know that when you spoke to him before, although he did not like what you did, he did not dis have disdain for you. And there was actually a warmth in his voice when he brought up Mistra. I remember. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Doesn't mean Vinley is remembering. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I think I think you should look into Jurgle. I'm biased. I'll I'll admit oh. that I'm biased because, well, Belson, but. Yeah, but I'm interested to see what this temple harbors. Secretive lies. Really interested to meet Yon. Hopefully, Yon is where we both need to go. Yoen. Yoen. Yon. Yoen. Okay. Going. Yeah, we're going. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe At the end of Zelduth Street. At the northernmost reaching gates of the City of the Dead is a single Gothic cathedral that stands untouched or surrounded by any other building lorded over by the Beacon Tower, a city guard post built in the stone walls that surround the iron-gated cemetery. The Temple of the Dead, named the Parish of Lionsbane, 
a play on words between the divine and the dead, entitled after the surname of Kelimvor. Two things strike you about this hallowed structure. The first is its diminutive stature, especially for one you would have deemed worthy of the god of the dead. The second being it is not dark, depressing, haunting, or mysterious, as many perceive death to be. Instead, it is a quaint stone-stacked Gothic cathedral with a single tower high enough to watch over the city walls into the resting place of the dead. Stone gargoyles depicting reapers with warm, inviting, calm smiles lord over the spires and corners of the building. As you approach the front entrance, there is one last thing that catches your attention. As the front doors are intricately carved from a single solid piece of crystal gemstone. Vinley, as soon as you see the smoky quartz door, a cold chill of death washes over you. It does not feel foreboding or ominous, but inviting and familiar. You reach out, touching the stone, feeling a connection to the dead, and you instantly realize what it is. The tower steps you walked to, te- to Kelimvor, the massive dark bell towers and the gray fugue wastes and even his throne itself were all made of this cold, dark, crystalline gemstone. Do you she go just, inside? She just stands there for a second with her hand on it with like a slight smirk on her face, just like a very sly, not a, but a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she'll push it open. And as you push open the doors and make your way inside, we're going to take a break. Oh, (laughs) you tear tease. I was so close to crying. Find out how much that door is worth. (laughs) We're not stealing the door. Good luck carrying it. (laughs) Not with that. Are you like shaving it down? Something like that? Okay. Moscow show up with a ladder. Yeah. Remember to enter hashtag beyond if you want your uh, chance to win a digital uh, digital dungeon master's guide from D&D Beyond. Say that five times fast. There's a lot of D's in there. <laughs> I know, maybe four of them. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be back in about 15 or 20 minutes. Love you all and we'll see you soon. It's rolling. Okay, okay. all right, everyone, quite on set. Recording. Okay, we just need to say what Rock Punch Pizza was in podcast promo. I enjoy punching rocks. Nope, stop. We need to say, like, what Rock Punch is, you know, like, what is it? I mean, it is comedy. Yeah, yeah, we do comedy sketches, but, like, overall, what is it? Oh, we have our YouTube and Facebook videos, our podcasts, and our Twitch streams. Right, but we're more than just, like, places with stuff there. We're, like, like, what are we, right? Yeah, we're, like, some stone No, nope, stop, stop. We have D4. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but we're not just Ebor. We're like We're like some boulder slamming. Cult it! No. Okay. So we'll just say that we're like We're uh, an entertainment channel for geeks and gamers, providing quality content across multiple platforms. It's truly something for everyone. Wow, Greg, that was perfect. I mean it's not that hard. Shut up! Oh, hello again. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Well, get comfortable, because we're diving back in.
And we're back. Yes. The BFGs are left at the tavern, making their own plans for the night as V and Renair abscond outside the city to ride griffins. And it is a wonderful, charming, romantic date before Vrock intervenes and causes a battle between the two. But they found joy and camaraderie in fighting the Vrock, the fiend, as they felled it and made their way back into the city. Uh, during that time, they made their way over to the Temple of Helm. Temple of Helm, and, and then over to a tavern. Tavern uh, known as the Friendly Flounder, uh, an unspectacular affair, but one that allows privacy and not people not to be bothered while eating and drinking, so that they can have a conversation and talk about things more privy to, to their ears only and not other, uh, you know, ex- suspecting ears. Uh, <clears throat> Voss decides to craft a couple, uh, craft a potion while everyone is away. And Harold makes his way out to the city armed with only a disguise kit. While Vinley and Seisha make their way to the font to research the gods of the dead and Simulacrum, hoping that they can get an upper hand on Manchun. They now find themselves outside the Parish of Lionsbane, a small Gothic uh, cathedral outside of the City of the Dead, where Vinley is walking inside. Almost a polar opposite from the font, from the inside, you walk into a room of shadows and low light lit by a series of ever-burning candles. A similar hum of haunting Gregorian chant echoes out from the back but without the harmonic melody of a story. Instead, a bearded man dressed in charcoal gray robes, similarly similarly to the dark hooded man who ferried you across the River of Souls to Kelimvor, speaks out the last rites of a few shrouded bodies. His skin is a pale white with deep sunken eyes that radiate golden fractling scars out like lightning that run down his bearded chin. Death is but a part of life. Fear it not, evade it not, and view it not as evil. To fear death delivers you into the hands of those who bring death down upon you. Die with dignity, neither raging nor seeking to embrace undeath. Do honor to the dead, for their strivings in life brought Faerun to where it is now, and to forget them is to forget all where we are now. And why? Praise Kelimvor in this life, and you shall be delivered unto him in the next. You realize you are witnessing a wake, but such a thing seems commonplace here. To the side of the sermon, you see a series of monks scribing names down into a massively thick tomes as they pull ink from the wells set inside the tops of human skulls. After each name they record, you watch as they pull a pinch of powdered ash and bone from a bag to sprinkle over and dry each name into to seal its fate. Looking over the sermon, you watch as one of the arms of the deceased falls to the side and dangling out from under the shroud. What shocks you and a few citizens in the room as they gasp is the arm is no longer skin stretched over bone and muscle, but instead a series of eyes and mouths twisting in studded flesh. Quickly, a Kelimvorite replaces the arm and 
recovers it. Vinley, something else catches your attention as you hear the whispers of two clergy members as you hear the name Yala Growlhund. You look over to see a tall, lanky, gaunt man with collarbone-length pitch black hair that fades to ethereal blue tips. His skin is not pale, but stark bone white. But what is most haunting is his full black sclera eyes. Keeping your ear focused on their conversation, you hear him continue. Lady Growlhunt, isn't that the delivery you were supposed to make from Castle Waterdeep? Yes, it was very strange. The city booked my services, but Captain Silvermane said everything had been taken care of by a private business. We'll figure it out later, Yoen. But did you find out what happened to the body? Yes, I looked into it. Seems she has been divinely resurrected by a Lyran priest. We can't rest. We can rest assured her body was not reanimated to the undead. Until then, Iseose Shaatsin. Iseose And you watch as the other one, the other robed man departs, leaving the pale, long-haired with blue ethereal tips standing there silently as he overlooks this wake. What do you all do? That is the one that is Yowen? Correct. Um, I will just get Seisha's attention, just like brush her hand, and in a very whispered uh, voice say, that is Yowen over there. As as you get her attention, um, <clears throat> Seisha, you can make a perception check for the last little bit. Uh, sorry, perception. This is going to be a 17. 17. Um, you hear the last bits of sentences And <clears throat> as he says, that the body was not reanimated into an undead. But until then, Iseo Sushiatsin, you know Celestial. And this says, we meet at midnight. I know Celestial too. Oh, do you? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. There you go. So, yes, you also know that that says, we meet at midnight. We meet at midnight. That bodes well. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go talk to him. I guess. Do you want to come? Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to your conversation. Okay. And she's going to timidly make her way to Yowen. Okay. Excuse me. Can I help you? I, I think maybe you can. And I will say in Celestial, the savant sent me. You are a seeker of Agma. I am. What brings you to the Lord of the Crystal Spire's home? I'm, I'm here with a friend who's looking to learn more, but I... Um, are... If you wish to learn the teachings of Kelimfor, you shall speak with... 
Doom Guider Conrad. I, I kind of want to speak with you. Um, I think we have something in common, maybe? Kalimvor and Agma have worked together before, yes. But I do not know you. Um, I'm, um, I'm touched by Agma. I'm a divine, um, I'm an Asmir. And you see him look like his pitch black eyes, but not the nebula form, as you are known to fear, but solid black. As he looks around, it's hard to tell which direction they are looking. As he goes, very well. Follow me. She'll follow. He takes you into a back private room for any type of... um, confessions or uh, any type of private prayer or anything like that. And you watch as his bone white skin shrinks and sucks tight against his bones, emaciating him into the form of a mummified skeleton. His nose and eyes sink deeper into their sockets as his lips curl up, exposing a sinister, frightening grin of teeth as his head begins to shimmer like a silver skull with ivory teeth. Fourteen striped and tattered, stripped and tattered wings pry out, unfurling from his robes and ripping from his back as they hold him aloft, just enough for his toes to kiss the ground. A thin halo of gravestone forms and floats behind his head as he looks down at you with pitch black eyes. You immediately feel a sense of dread wash over you, and you just make a charisma saving throw. Oh, Am I there? Or did I get the sense that uh, they wanted to be alone? <laughs> uh, he did not wait for you okay. and took her into a private room. Okay. Um, um, how about a 30? Yeah, what? Did you naturally... <laughs> Plus nine, plus three, plus a rolled 18. Uh, the plus nine is already calculated. The, the plus three is oh, already does? in your yeah. saves. Yes. Mm, Indie right. Beyond already calculates that in there. Okay. Well, then that is a 28. Yeah, it's still a lot. 29 27. or 27. 27. Yeah. 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 I'm great. Uh, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, what is your passive insight? Passive insight is 15. 15, yeah. You get the sense that he is not actively trying to be malicious or harmful. You feel that sense of dread as you are looking death, basically, in the eyes. Right. And that is his Asimar ability. I've I've never met another one. I didn't even know I was one until... There are a few of us among the living. This mortal realm uh, hunts us sometimes, or at least they did before, confused about what we were. But 
I am one. And Doomguider Conrad is as well, directly touched by the Lord of the Dead himself. Interesting. Um, what is your form? I, I've already assumed it once today. I, I don't think I can again, but that's, that's part of the reason why I was hoping to see someone. Um, I used to have these big golden wings and they were beautiful and my eyes would glow and, but it changed. That is because we all start touched by the divine, but as we grow closer and further into our lives, closer to Kalamvor's reach, we assume the form of those that flow through us. Oh. Oh. Um. What is, what does it mean if you've, you're a member of the church but it's not the faith, the, the deity you're tied to. Your blood is your blood, but your faith is yours, your path to forge. I do not follow Kelimfor because I am touched by him. I follow Kelimfor because it is the fate of all to die, and I wish to usher them with grace and honor, dignity. I, uh, you kind of confirmed something I was worried about. I think I'm, I think I'm tied to Lara. The deceiver. My wings are mists. There are many deities of mist and fog. My mother was a cleric of Lara. I have no answers for you, child. It's nice to know I'm not alone. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not a matter of how you serve, it's your form, it's just what your bloodline is. Yes. Okay. I should get back to my friend. We if are not- I have questions, can I come to you? Yes, I do not want you to think that. My father is not Kelimfor, just so you know. I didn't think he was. Then, do not think that you are a direct descendant. We are born of mortals, blessed through either their praise, prayer, and gift from the divine, or a great descendant of an angelic being seeking mortal form. Okay. 
there anything else I can be of service? I'm sorry, I'm a little overwhelmed with everything. Um, are there others of us in the city? Do I have to stay in hiding? I try not to do that outside of my friends. There is I. There is Doomguider Conrad giving the sermon outside. There is you. But that is all I know. There are most likely a few others, but not many. And we keep our form hidden, one, for I look like death itself. And as he says this, the minute has passed and his form shifts back to that of the gaunt, pale-skinned, with ethereal blue-tipped hair. And you may be seen as a threat by the Griffin Riders, but the people will not fear you as they fear me. How do you, how do you live with that? Like, does it bother you? I have devoted my life to servitude, to Kelimvor. That is all that I seek. I get that. You should meet my friend, or I guess she should go meet Doom Guider Conrad? Yes. It was really nice to meet you. I'm Seisha, by the way. Seisha Valisbard. I am Yoan. Hi, Yoan. Um, should probably get back to my friend. Thank you. And when I can, I'll, I'll come by sometime and show you my wings. That would be very pleasing. Uh, hopefully I will see you again. But I am very busy working for Quran's carriages. I understand. Thank you. And I'll head back out. Oh my god! <laughs> Ethan, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, uh -huh. No! <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> so while Seisha is alone do you do anything or do you keep an eye on that door um Vinley is going to knowing who this person is because I once tried to kill his horse <laughs> I I'm not going to follow them I'm actually just going to stand there and keep equal eyes on the sermon taking place and the the scribes that are writing the names of the dead. Okay. To see um, if there's anything different between them and because I got the sense that Jurgle worshippers aren't necessarily the favorite of the family of Kelimvor temples. Um there's there's no animosity. Yep. 
Okay, so it's not, I didn't get the sense that they're secretive about it. No, 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 no. Kalimvor or Kalimvorites understand Jurgle's position. Um, but they also understand, uh, or Jurgle's feelings on undead. But they also understand Jurgle's position uh, within a servant of Kalimvor. Jurgle um, priests are not going to create undead in the temple or around Kalimvor, but they're not going to get into a fight over it they don't hate each other they're just like i respect gotcha. you i understand you agree don't to do disagree. that here <laughs> yep. yeah <laughs> you keep yep. your shit over there we'll keep our shit over here <laughs> yep. um i will just and observe them while stacia is gone okay um and you watch as the um head priest finishes um the sermon of paying the last rites of these victims um um uh with the the cloths over there yeah the shrouds the shrouds over there and uh you watch as he goes down and and speaks to every person every civilian there as he shakes their hand says something to them bows his head says a prayer but he he you watch as he talks to every single person who is a family member or or related or is there for this wake um and your passive perception and insight just gets the sense that he is letting them know that death is a natural cause. It, it was their time and that they are in a better place. And basically saying that if there's ever anything you need, if you ever need to come for grief counseling or any, basically anything like that, the Temple of Kalimbor is open to you and our scribes and our clergy is here for you. Gotcha. She, she recognizes that and feels... Like for the first time in Waterdeep, like truly feels comfortable where she's standing. Um, as you're looking over, <clears throat> you see uh, one of the scriveners of doom, the Jurgle scribes, as that is what they are called. There's a female moon elf with silvery pale skin and black hair pulled up in um, a high ponytail that flows back. She's wrapped in the robes um, of grays and dark blacks as she pulls the ink from one of the skulls and sees you kind of intently looking over everything, not really part of the sermon. Finley. Uh oh, I think. We I lost. think so. Oh no! <laughs> she's, she's in Wait, that pose. She blinks. Oh no! Shock on her face is palatable. Wow! <laughs> oh, the timing! The timing. It's Just like last week. Amazing how every time we like go to turn to Finley, That's so the paralyzed spell happens, and suddenly here we are. Every time. Give her a second to hop back on. Yeah, Did yeah. we also lose Catkins? No, I was. Oh, oh, good. She got you. She got you. Smooth. Good. Look at you, man. Better what? <laughs> oh. I was making her face. 
Doomrider Conrad, huh? Yeah, yep, Doomrider Conrad. There she is. Oh. I could hear everything you were saying. I was replying. Okay. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> everything looked perfectly fine from here. Yeah, no, you went, you went robot or frozen again, statue. Okay. Dang it. Okay. You see um, this moon elven um, scrivener of doom. Uh, and I see that she she's noticing that I'm staring at them. Yes. Yes. Um, she is. She has looked at you, and you've also noticed that the head um, priest, which you have come to, you can pick up that is the Doom Guider, um, has also noticed. looked in your your direction um, as he's finishing up his speak or think talking to the civilians. There is a moment where she looks at the moon elf and looks at the doom guider and then she will walk up to the moon elf okay um and in elvish quietly because wake she will say um uh, hi um my name's vinley and i'm here doing uh some research on uh, Jurgle. Uh oh. She nods. Yes. Um. I don't really know much about him. I, I did some reading earlier. I define I, research. I read a couple books at the Font of Knowledge, and I found myself on the list briefly before erasing it for, for now. I see. What are you looking for? I don't know, honestly. I just... How... Each How you... being has an eternal resting place that is chosen for him on her at the moment of creation. Life is a process of seeking that place in eternal rest. Existence is but a brief abbreviation in an eternity of death power, success, and joy are transistory as weakness, failure, and misery. Only death is absolute, and only at its appointed hour seek to bring order to chaos of life, for in death there is finality and a fixedness of state. Be ready for death, for it is at hand and uncompromising. Life should be prolonged only when it serves the greater cause of the death of the world. She just stands there and like kind of smiles. <laughs> um, do you happen to have any, I don't know, holy symbols or something like that? I I don't know where to go for this. I've never been into organized 
religion. She pulls open her her uh, the robe just a little bit, and you can see a pendant of a skull clutching a scroll in its mouth. Looks like my shield. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it looks like the which now that you can see the ink well that she's holding, you notice that not only is it a skull, but there is indeed a scroll clutched in its mouth that the quill is sticking out of the top of. Following Jergal is like worshiping the inevitable death of the universe. It serves to watch and record, but doesn't really care about the things it sees. To forsake delivering cold and perfect judgments to simply recording them in the background. However, it is good to make your life as interesting as possible, be it either for good or evil, so that our Lord will, will enjoy reading your life's records before the Lord of the Crystal Spire. Unlike Kelimvor, though, we do not hold Ayat for the undead. For the soul has passed and the body can be used. It is most holy to will them into bringing the world closer to its natural end so that titless one shall record their doom. This lady must be great at parties. <laughs> God damn it, Ethan. Oh, I agree. And I appreciate that value system. Um, she kind of looks around for Seisha. It's about this time that Seisha comes out. <laughs> um, well, my friend's done. Thank you for enlightening me more on. Is there anything else I can do for you, child? Can I look her up and down real fast to see if I can tell yep. how old she is? Uh, go ahead and uh, make me a perception check. Or medicine check. Or medicine check, either or. I'm going to cross over towards them and Seisha pulls a book out of her pack and tears a page off the back okay. and holds it out. No, there's a reason. Okay. She holds, <laughs> I didn't destroy the book. Um, this is a list of people who've died that I've encountered. My teacher was a paladin of Jergal and I've been holding the list to give to you. She takes it. And you see her hold it out and you watch as another scribe takes it and immediately begins to write it down in their book. I got a 25. 25? Uh, yeah. Old. Oh. Probably a century, if not two, older than you. Oh. Um, seeing that, uh, Vinley will retract and bow slightly uh, showing uh, respect I didn't forget the word respect um, to her and say I believe I'm done for now but if I have more questions I will come to you if you wish you can purchase a ring by donation to the church with the holy symbol of Jogal on it. If you wish to learn more, the donation is 15 gold. I believe one of my scribes can deal with that for I 
care not for such things. Thank you. And then I will go to one of the scribes and switch to common. Okay. And offer a donation of 15 gold. Thank you for allowing us to buy more ink to scribe the names of those who pass. Of course. When your name is called, may it bring a smile upon his face. And they will hand you a ring. And it is a skull ring with a scroll bound in its in its mouth. Uh, she will slide it onto her left ring finger. Okay. It fits, oddly enough. Um, it appears to be made of a um, black tarnished metal. Um, we go. There's something we need to do. What's that? We need to speak to the Doom Guider. Uh, Doom Guider Conrad, the man who's giving the who was giving the sermon. Okay. Dead. Um, I'm going to wait for him to finish talking to someone. <laughs> and she's gonna just like tap on your shoulder. How did your thing? Well, um, I'll I'll tell you more about it when we leave. I. I learned some stuff. So did I about Successful. gesturing to the <laughs> private room that you were in. <laughs> learned something about him too. Um, She'll stand there and wait for him to finish consoling. He, it's about, he, he's, he's done and kind of just standing off almost motionless, just staring at everyone in this room almost with a stoic gaze. Okay. Excuse me, um, Doomguider Conrad? Yes. I'm Lore Seeker Seisha Vallisbard. Um, the, the service you gave was beautiful. Of course, I am Doom, allow me to properly introduce myself. I am Doomguider Conrad Klaus. Head of the temple here of Kelimvor, watcher of the dead. What is it that I can do for you, Lord Seeker? Um, I I was just speaking with Johan. 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 I'll get it right at some point. And um, he can tell you about our conversation later. But um, the service you were giving, the yes. arm that fell out. I couldn't help but notice something horrible had happened to them. There are dark things lurking in the city. Nothing you should worry yourselves about. We have been assured that Force Grey is looking into it. My friend here is actually Force Grey, and she's one of the individuals who, well, we're both, are individuals who have been looking into it. It's the My apologies. Far realms. From our understanding, these two bodies were addicts of the harrow dust that has been circulating the city for a while now. I see. But it seems to only be getting worse. The drug seems to twist the body, rendering the flesh into an aberrant miscreation. This makes up six bodies we've seen rendered this way. They will be cremated and kept in the house of the homeless mausoleum. 
if you find the source of the madness, purge it from this plane. This is not how anyone should die. I agree. I agree. You um, see you see as he eyes you, Vinley, and his eyes immediately go to your finger with the ring, and he nods. But oh. That's that was just my question. Um, thank you for your time. Of course. If we have other questions about what's going on with this, as far as the, the individuals who are succumbing to it, can we come back and speak with you on it? I give my reports to the Blackstaff herself. I would speak to her, but you are always welcome in my temple. It feels comforting. Um, if, if you would, just ask um, Yoan about me. I will... Stay in Celestial, it's important. I will speak to Yoan. I gotta break that time. Thank you. How is it? Understood. Of course. May Kelimvor guide your steps through this world into death. May Agma illuminate your mind. He nods, uh, a, a show of respect. I don't really know what my god says yet, but Mistra, I hope she blesses you with magic. And I hope Jurgle, I need to do more research on him before I speak for him. I see. Have a good day. Then I'm just gonna slowly back away. He nods and then turns and makes his way back into the temple. Okay, you ready to go home? Can we go home now? Yeah. Okay. That was nice. Uh, they're asking her crazy and scary. Not crazy, but scary. What happened? At least they are when they're... I... I got to see um, Yoan's divine form. He wasn't pretty like mine. Oh, but... that's shocking coming from a man that looks like him. Yeah, well, um, I, uh, my theory may have been right. <laughs> I think the divine aspect of my blood comes from my mom's side. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um. So I am a lore seeker of Agma who's divinely touched by Lara. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say, but I'm sorry. But look at you. You're beating her, at least. It tears you apart to tell a lie. Yeah. Don't, for, don't forget that you're not who people make you out to be. You're who you want to be, Seisha. You're never the product of the sum of things that are done to you. I'll remember it if you do. Fair. Ooh. <laughs> that reverse card from Uno. Man, it stings. <laughs> On a lighter note, <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note, Seisha, as we're getting into a carriage to go home, I assume. 
Yeah. Uh, that man, Goen, um, he's Go the guy that uh, we stole the corpse of Lady Grellon from. The one I tried to kill his horse. Uh-huh, yeah. I didn't want to tell you before. Yeah, no, that's fair. That might have made me a little nervous. Hey, did you catch what they were talking about? What part? They, they... I heard a... Oh, yeah, they were talking about Lady Grauhan and how she disappeared, but thankfully she was restored to life and not turned into an undead. And then they said, the we meet at Mood Midnight. midnight. Yeah. Am I the only one who really wants to know what that was about? It's probably like uh, the sun and moon rises on you. Kind of like a see you later, probably. I don't I just wonder if it was like a cool Asimir club thing. <laughs> I don't believe. The other guy was not. The other guy was just like a normal human. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, that's right. It was, it was, uh, uh, Conrad was doing the service at the time. That's right. Yep. yep. I want to um, know what they were doing. See, that's my problem. I just want to know too much. Do you really? Um, I don't ever want to know too much because I don't think there is too much to know. Yeah. The more you know, the better you're off. The more equipped you are. I don't know if that's always true. But at least the choice is yours when you know. If you go into a situation not knowing, you're not at fault because you had no choice. But if you go into a situation knowing, you get to make an educated decision. Yeah, just sometimes the knowledge is more than you want it. Right. But that's life. And you make your way back to um, Troll Skull Tavern. And we're going to switch over to Harold. Yay. <laughs> um, easy enough. You stop by the yeah. jeweler. Pick up, pick I don't have to disguise for that. I just go get it. Yep. Um, and you make your way out into the dark lit night. The streets heavily beginning to be heavily shadowed. As you stay out late, the lanterns are the only thing that seems to light the streets as the moon is nearly waned away, showing nothing more than a thin sliver of mithril silver in the night sky. Where do you go, and what would you like to do? Um, first of all, I'm going to visit the butcher. Okay. Um, and I want to order a some some good food <laughs> from him and get some information and i'm trying to determine if there are any very complicated uh zentarum operations happening currently okay like Just something with lots of moving parts um how tell me how long you're going to spend tonight uh doing this and tell us everywhere that you go i'm going to go i'm going to spend as much possible time as i can while still getting my long rest uh, you, you can take as long as you want. It'll just cut into your next day. It'll just make Got you wake it. up later. Right, okay. But um, if you are forced awake before then, you will be exhausted. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just tell me what time it is by the time I get things done. I don't know. I, I, I just, he's thinking, nothing's going to wake me up. 
So I'll get my full eight hours. Um, I'm going to... You tell me how many hours you want to spend. What time is it now? Uh, It's um, after you get the the eye and everything it's oh, six starting, uh, a little later than that seven it's probably like eight because they started right at dusk and dusk during summer yeah, yeah, is yeah. going to be around eight or nine so it is between nine and ten right now pm yes okay so i will go until 3 a.m okay so five hours five hours we'll say five okay noted uh where all do you go I know you said you go to the butcher. Yeah, I'm going to go to the butcher. I'm going to ask about that. I'm going to hit one of the, either the thirsty throat or the uh, the dagger, the um, drip, dripping dagger, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to check those places okay. for um, kind of like, ju- just, I'm just going to check around for anything anybody's been hearing of Zentarum or anything. And I also kind of want to go by La Spinadora um, but I'm probably, um, I, I, what I'm, the information I'm trying to get there is specifically when Steve or Bob or whatever we're calling him, I want to know when he arrives Steve. and when he leaves so that if I wanted to speak directly to him, I could, I could catch him before he gets to the casino. Okay. All right. Um, and I'm basically just trying to get an idea of as entire operation as much information as I can about the operation in places that I could uh, possibly fuck it up. Okay, all right. I need you to make five rolls. I am super down with this. All right. I need you to make an investigation check. Okay, let me get that started. Digital dice is a little weird. Um, what was the first one? Investigation. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Investigation. Okay. okay they're, all right. Cool. <laughs> Natural twenty. <laughs> it starts. Got it. <laughs> Posted in chat for proof. Uh, yeah, that's twenty-one. Okay. Yes. Uh, it. It. Yeah. Tell us the totals. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the next one is persuasion. Oh. I don't know anything about persuading people. <laughs> Ew, natural one. I got a nine. Ooh. It's still a nine, but damn. All right, deception. Uh, Once again, very out of my element here. 24. Now, five-year-old. Now, perception. Ugh. This one is one that I'm uh, unironically not as good at. But dirty 20. <laughs> okay. And the last one is insight. Okay. Uh, let me scroll up a little. I can't see it. There we go. Oh, all right. Plus five. Plus five. Another dirty 20. <laughs> all right. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll post all my rules. There. <laughs> Over the next couple of hours, you spend seeding the beginnings of your intricate plan of the Red Wing. You make your way through the city streets, hitting a few taverns you're familiar with, scouring through the docks, meeting with a few people you know to carry a little weight and the knowledge of what happens in the city, as well as stopping by a few taverns where you know a few alley blades and bully blades might find respite. 
Through the night of greasing palms, pretending to work for either gang or group to gain information, and reading people to see if they are telling the truth, you learn. The first thing you learn is on the 16th day of Flame Rule, the next Blood and Fortune tournament is taking place. It is currently the night of the 14th. The second thing you learn is on the night of the new moon, there is a shipment on Dock E of the Castle Ward. A shipment of Thon wine crates are leaving for Baldur's Gate at midnight. And you know that Thon is one of the checked names on the list of nobles Manshoon controls. The last uh, what, thing. I'm sorry, can you repeat that when the new moon, on a new moon, the shipment at Dock E. In, in the Castle Ward. In the Castle Ward. Yep. There's a Thon wine crate shipment to Baldur's Gate at midnight. And just so you know, judging by the moon, as it is nearly waned away, it'll probably be on the 16th. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you learn. Crazy things are happening in the city. You watched a man being arrested after casting magic missile at a guard he claims he did not do. And your insight picks up that he is telling the truth. You saw a woman walking around with a beard made of feathers that exploded from her face when she sneezed. And you watched a young man regress to the age of around 10 or 12. They all seemed wild and their eyes were filled with the nebula void of the heavens. That's what I was going to say. These are all people experiencing the side effects of, of Herodus. Oh, that makes Harold's blood boil. But that is everything you learn on your five hours of Perfect. gathering information. Thank you. I will head back to the tavern and I will uh, rest. Okay. Okay. Boss, what are you doing? Making a potion. Making a potion. <laughs> um, However long that might take. Okay. Uh, it takes eight hours to make a potion. You can start the first half of it. You want to spend four hours on the potion. Um, you could start it and then finish it up the next day, or you spend eight hours making that potion. What time would I go to sleep if I spent the eight hours making the potion? Three. Yeah, about three. Yeah, about the same time that Harold shows up. Yep. Um, no, he's attending to his own strange business. I need to get up early tomorrow, so I'll do half tonight, and we'll. Leave it off until the morning, I suppose. Okay. V and Renair spend their time speaking privately mm -hmm. at the Friendly Flounder. Yep. Is there anything specifically that you wanted to ask V? Um, I kind of wanted to see um, how he views everyone in the party. Okay. Like, personally, and like... And why would the stone be important to them? All right. Because I can't help but feel like our group is pretty divided by their wants and desires. I don't know a lot about this stone. I know that there are gangs after it. I do know that my father left it behind as a legacy um, to a great fortune. Um, take it as you will. Um, on it, from what I can see from your group, 
there is a, a necessity to keep it out of the hands of the Zentarum and the Xenathar. I know Harold boats a good, a good story, but deep down in heart, he has a very good heart about him. He's a man who cares. The law seeker wants to do nothing but good, but also tell her own story. But she's naive in her views of the world, but that gives her an edge in this world, a view that not many of us who have lived it our entire lives see. I would not take her point of view with a grain of salt. Vinley, wise and again, naive in her own sense. I, f I sense that she has spent a lot of time sheltered, though a different way of sheltering than that of Seisha. Whereas Seisha was through books and stories, I feel like Vinley was sheltered in a life of hardships. Her views of magic are frowned upon by most society, as necromancy is viewed as evil in the gateway to lichdom. The little bit of time I've spent with her, I can, I can tell that her views are not that, but she wishes to change the world's views. Healing magics themselves are necromancy and draw from that same weave of Mistra. And then there's Bill Ronto the man himself, mm. a truly troubled past. The, the man has- I don't know anything about his past. I can tell he carries a heavy burden on his shoulders. He is not a man who has not seen much death. He has, he has walked the world and it shows, but there is also a kindness deep in the depths of his eyes. He will not show it, but I have seen it, especially in the way that he looks at Pixel and Daklin. There he is does, a softness. He does seem to have a specific soft side for children and only children. Perhaps there is something that happened to him that involves that. Perhaps when he himself was a child, a great tragedy struck. I have learned. I just, the only thing I really know about Voss other than, you know, he always, he's constantly trying to persuade everyone that, you know, he's right, we should do what he says, him, 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 is that he has killed a lot of people before and that he's super secretive and likes to lie a lot, but like a different kind of lying than what Harold does. And I just, I don't know. And it's pretty obvious he doesn't particularly care for me. Uh, he thinks I'm stupid and like frivolous. Uh, I don't, because maybe the way I've, I've viewed it, just from being around the tavern and just watching, I do a lot of that. It's part of being a harper is watching and reading people and understanding people. Perhaps he only sees the noble side of you and not the honest and true side of you. The side of you that comes that you hate, that you just spent 
a lot of time telling me how much you hate the society that nobility has has formed you and molded you into that you yourself did you left personally yet they they spin a tale differently perhaps the tale that Voss sees is not what is in the book itself but what is on the cover talk to him show him the side of you that i know that harold knows my main concern here isn't about him really getting to know me it's about i feel like he has some sort of secret ulterior motive for the stone for himself talk to him talk to the group do not you are an adventuring party and therefore you are a family and in order to work towards a common goal you have to trust one another with your lives because when you go into a situation that requires you to put your life on the line you have to trust one another in that moment to the utmost letter of t it's just it's difficult trying to you know have my whole heart into this crazy rat race situation of everyone in the city chasing this thing that no one knows honestly anything about it I mean, I know I don't. I know um, that it leads to a lot of money and money tends to bring out the worst in people. Not a lot of people. I didn't leave a fortune to go chasing another. Exactly. So like, why should that matter to me? Like I, What would? maybe Voss just really wants money and then once he has it, he'll just dip. Maybe, I, or I, maybe deep down, he truly wants to keep it out of the hands of those that would do the most evil with it. I, I'm having a very hard time seeing him not use whatever it does. I mean, I feel like Harold wants it because he just simply doesn't want the Rose or any other gang to have it. Me, I... Stacia wants it so she can give it to the city. And then Vinley doesn't care. Like, I... Like, I feel like Vinley and I are forced to care about the situation because our partners do. Voss is a man who sees every every situation and every item in front of him as a tool to a means. There is a lot of myself I see in him. We both have the same type of fighting style. We both see our enemies in the same light when we are looking at a battle. We move with deafness and finesse and with complete strategic planning. But at the same time, I believe he has a darkness within him, but not a darkness that is without light. He works like a harper, but differently from the shadows, more swift. I see, I completely see your side and your point of view, but I'm also saying, that open your heart. Do not judge a book by its cover. Perhaps there is more beneath than just deceit and lies. And there's a reason why he plays everything so close to his chest. I... I had one more thing that I kind of want your opinion on that I noticed that I thought was 
a little strange is we all get paid the same amongst our group. It's pretty equal. And if there's one thing, you know, I was taught to pay attention to growing up is money and investing and saving and where you put it and blah, 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 and whatever, right? I think that's just, I know not every nobles family teaches them the importance of that, but I feel like mine did because at one point they didn't have what they currently have. It was a completely different lifestyle where like those weren't important. And I get that, you know, Seisha gives her money away to everybody. And Harold will sometimes buy random frivolous silly things and everyone's pretty good about always offering to pay for carriages. But like, I've noticed there's a lot of expenses going on throughout the group that I have no idea where it's going. Cause I recently mentioned how much gold I had and everyone was like shocked by it. And I feel like there's just stuff happening I don't know about. Like, is there really expenses happening that aren't going to the tavern that the know. only the only person that oh. can sorry i didn't mean to cut you off that is your family talking through you ask them talk to them where their money is going if that is important to you i guess so it just it's not that I, I get this. Isn't Talk to Harold first. They're spending it. It's that whatever it is seems to be secretive. Talk to Harold first. I know that he, he is your best friend. He is someone you care deeply about. And someone of all of the people in that group, I know you trust the absolute most. I also know that he is far more better at talking to people than you are. And that is just something that is not a bad thing. I know, I just hate how I have to hide behind his dress skirts. It's not at all what it is. Talk to him. It is, think of it more as a family discussion. You're a family now with all four of them. Just like the moon stars are my family. And there were many times where we did not get along. My family didn't discuss things. No. But what about the ones that are inside you? I learned more about you this night just by watching those that came out of you than I have ever learned about your, your father and his machinations. I guess I'm just realizing functioning or working alongside a group is really difficult and not something I'm used to doing. It is, and it takes work. It is not one-sided, it is two-sided. There are two sides to every coin and not every, not every answer is the right answer and not every means is the end, but being open and honest and talking and discussing when, hey, don't be demanding. Say, hey, I'm, I'm curious or, hey, I have an issue, I have a problem. Or, hey, I really like when we did this one thing. Or, I really want to leave the city and see the mountains. That is the only way that they'll know that there is an issue. And the only way that trust can be built. 
but know that I want them to see the way that I see you. You're not a nobleman's daughter. You are a fierce warrior who kicks serious ass and saves the, the ass of those who are with you because you saved my ass. Okay. Um, I guess I, I need to start getting used to the idea that this isn't temporary. You're with a family that cares about you. You're with a family that doesn't shun you. And you have friends, more than one. I care about you. I care about you too, thank you. It's getting late and we are somewhere that they don't know about. Uh, so, uh. I think it's time for me to take you home, V. Vidarak. Okay. And he will stand up and offer his hand to you. And she'll take it. And he will take your arm and put it in his, and he will lead you out and make your way back to Troll Skull Manor. Okay. When Everybody goes back to nope. Troll Skull. Mm -hmm. She takes all her armor off, grabs her notebook, goes, finds Voss, and just sits in the room where he is and is just writing. As I'm working on this and I reach a stopping point, something I can help you with? No, I just, I don't know, I kind of miss just doing this kind of stuff. You miss me being a wrapped living corpse and just doing things around me? I miss getting to spend time with you. It's unfortunate, but our current endeavors take up most of our time. Until that's completed, that may be the norm. I know. It's okay. What did you do I'll today? Take it when I can get it. Well, what did you do today? Tell me. Um, did some research. Met another Asimir. Really? Yeah. What was that like? Scary. Apparently, we get our forms from the divine that our bloodline is tied to. I see. Everybody starts out gold. So... Do you feel you have a better grasp on what you are, then? Yeah, a little. At least I know it's not a failing on my part. I'm, um... I'm tied to a deity that uses, like, mists as a... I think I'm tied to Lara. You mentioned me to a, a number of times that your mother was tied to Lyra. Yeah. So, what does this mean, then, for you? Um, well, I learned it doesn't change the fact of who I choose to serve. It just... I don't know. Now it's like I have a constant reminder of her. I don't know whether I like that or not. When this is done, when this gang war is decided, when the stone business is done, yeah. it might behoove us to take some time and see if we can find some trace of her. 
I'd I like feel like more. that I feel is something that you will have to confront at some point. Hey, um, when we we went to um, a temple of Kelimvor, um, the parish of Lionsbane, mm. they were doing a, a wake for some dead, and mm. one of their arms fell off the platform, and um, it was covered in eyes and mouths, and apparently the harrow dust problem's getting worse. It's twisting people physically. I see. I know you can't do anything about it. For but... a brief period of time I was on that, it was interesting. The rushes, the sensations. You've never had an addiction before. Neither drugs nor alcohol. It felt euphoric. Like I was unbounded by anything. And at the end of it, when it was over, I felt the compulsion for more. I understand what addiction is, but even this, it's nothing like drinking. It hits you hard and fast, and the power it imbues you with is beyond anything you've ever seen. For the common folk, I understand magic is out of reach for most of them. For us, to be touched by it, even briefly, is exhilarating. Is that why you don't drink? Yes. I used alcohol to numb a lot of pains in my younger days. I need to keep clear-headed now. You're a really strong person, boss. Thank you. I appreciate that thought. I think as time moves on, and your experience expands, I'll be fascinated to see the woman you become. <laughs> what adventures you'll have. What parties you'll lead. What adventures we'll have. Yes. We'll have. You're stuck with me. You might as well get used to it. Sure. I'll try. You think V's back yet? Maybe. I don't know. What do the noblemen have planned for her? And she pulls out the list. And everything that we have discussed was on that list, except for... The, the temple and the, <laughs> the, the restaurant. Yeah. He took a ride and got a griffin! I mean... Yeah. That seems like a very interesting date thing to do, I guess. I don't know. Well, we also got into a really big fight with this big, like, gargoyle-like thing, and it almost killed um, Rainier, but I killed it and saved him. It was really rad. rad? Is that the right? Hey, how was the date? Hello. Thank you for announcing your presence this way. When did you get in here? <laughs> Just now. How was it? 
It was great. Um, I just described it. So, was I on mute? No, no you're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we uh, went to this uh, cool place to eat that was like this fusion food stuff. I had this thing called a taco taco, which is like an octopus taco. Ew. It was delicious. And then we we went to, I guess, the outskirts of town and um, wrote, apparently we're near the griffin farmers who have the griffins for the guards and whatnot and train them and stuff. And so they let us borrow two. We were attacked by some weird thing. I forgot what it's called. It's called a ver a rock. Rock. Yep. Like, it's like a rock. But with a to know what yeah, you can make Monty, we rode horses, and Monty was there. You can make a religion or arcana roll. Anyways, I killed the rock, and then we took Rainier to be healed. His back was all messed up, and he's fine now. And then we went to get another drink, and then I came home. What were your rolls? 17. Vinley. <laughs> 10 for Vinley. Uh, Vinley, you have no idea. Seisha, you know everything about them except for the toxic spores. Okay. Wait, a, what was a Brock doing here? Um, apparently, oh, let's see if I can remember this well. There was some demon lords or evil lords or overlords. And they were like, hey guys, let's fuck this shit up and bring demons here and take over. And then this bunch of dicks showed up and they fought them and defeated them. But some of the demons they brought with them stuck around and are still here. When you say bunch of dicks? Yeah, that's their group name, the dicks. And I'm just going to look at Voss. BFGs sounded pretty good, huh? You and then, yeah, with calling us the dicks. Not in a uh, and so, um, yeah, and so you could say, you know, I, uh, I, I helped, you know, defeat the Vrock thing. Who knew I could fight in the air? Watch out, Seisha. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> anyways, oh, um, oh, I could start like throwing you at people from the air. Yeah, I probably. can. That requires some sort of. Are you strong enough to do that? Probably not. I can make you fly. There we go. But there's something different about riding a griffin and fighting off of the back of it. I'm sure. Start yeah. saving up for your own griffin. I have <laughs> fun. Yay. I had a really great time. And um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums all of it up. But yeah, apparently there was some group called the dicks or dicks or big dicks or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to research dicks. I'm sure it stands for something like dignity, integrity, cunning, and cool with a K. Kleptomaniacs. Maybe something like that. I'm sure, I'm sure they didn't mean for it to be genitalia. Can I roll a history check? I don't 
No, I, I seeing as that I was alive during. Sure, yeah. Look what you've done. Look <laughs> yeah. what you both have done. I want to take a look around at what you did. I feel like you don't accidentally name yourself Dick. Go, go, go ahead. Oh my god, we're so stupid. They must have all been named Richard. <laughs> you That's possible. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Obviously, why else would you name yourself Dick? Seisha, you can also make me a history check. Oh, good. I get to know about Because <laughs> it came from a book, and you probably would have read this book. How about a daddy 20? Oh, my God. God. Okay, so, Vinley, you've heard tale of these people, right? The Dicks. And um, their arguable leader, a small artificer no rock Named no. Elga. No. <laughs> um, and uh, a rock gnome that was kind of an asshole. Seisha, you have actually read a book called The Legend of Bilric, written by Disrian A. Aaron. And it is the tailing of how this group of adventurers who started out at, captured by the drow in the Underdark and overcome all odds and from slave, from, from captured all the way up until defeating Demogorgon itself and sending all nine different demon lords back to the abyss. Okay. Um, they are legendary in uh, adventure group and their name was the Dicks, which means demonic imperator contamination killing syndicate. So basically demon lord killing group. Oh, wait, no, I know all about the Dicks. You do? Uh... <laughs> What is it? It stands for something, right? Yeah, it was um demonic. What what was it? Demonic. Demonic. Imperator. Imperator. Contamination. Contamination. Killing. Killing. Syndicate. Syndicate. Oh, I forgot about the S. Dick, 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 yeah. Dick, dick. Yeah. In my mind, it was just dick plural. No, yeah. I've read a lot about the dicks. I like I would sit in my bed at night, oh! my oil lamp dying, just reading about the dicks. Oh! <laughs> you know, somewhere in the city right now, Harold's like, Sasha's talking about dicks. You know, I'd never heard of them, but it makes sense that. They would name themselves after killing demon and really demon good. lords, but I guess they didn't kill all of them. No, so they sent you all of them back. Dick too, because <laughs> I killed one of the rocks. Uh, that wasn't a demon lord, though. There you go. Well, Rock isn't a demon lord. No, it's he's it's, just one of the demons that is a <sighs> byproduct of demon lords. Yeah, yeah. Do demons come out of demon lords? How do they make more? How do they over? lord them about this time that everyone is finally realizing the that you guys have done a lot today and exhaustion is starting to take over and you're all ex very tired uh, i am Seisha. very tired let's <laughs> stop talking about this <laughs> seisha from knowledge of the book that she has read explains to v how at least from the book's perspective how demons work whether that is full truth or not is kind of up in the air. It was written by um, a halfling. Bilric. Nope. No. Disrian. That's your gnome. It's halflings. What's up with that? The halfling is Disrian. 
Yep. Oh, that's okay. Yep. There's a dwarf named Elga, and elf named Versera. There's a whole Callista that used fireballs, and they hated fireball. Who who was actually the daughter of one of the demon lords? Yeah, we can tell you guys all about that later. Okay. That was our three-year campaign that Dustin ran that and, led into D4, and I was Bill Rick. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, um, so as you all make your way to bed yep. for the evening, um, eventually Harold does come back in. Uh, it is late. Uh, it is about the, the you're the last one to go in. Um, then the you can have you usually stay up late and then go to bed, so you would have already been asleep by the time Harold gets in. Gotcha. I was envisioning staying awake until I saw Harold, mm-hmm. at least walking up the, okay. the path. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's because she's not going to sleep until He's everyone's back. in the house. Yeah. yeah. Usually if Voss goes out, it's fine. He'll, he'll come back. But this is the first time Harold has gone out after dark. Well, and the last time he went off by himself bad things mm-hmm. happen. So, <laughs> anyways. He does come back and you do see him coming up and so you do make your way to sleep. So can we take a long rest now? Mm, Seisha. No! <laughs> yes. While resting, you feel relaxed, dreaming of a world unburdened by danger, having fun adventuring while creating and learning stories throughout the world. Unexpectedly, through no will of your own, a cold mist flows in from over the mountains, across the land, until you are left in a hazy fog where you hear a familiar voice. Seisha Valispard, daughter of Damia and Gregory, lore seeker of knowledge, come to me, come to me. You feel an overwhelming presence nearby as a white glow emanates from beyond the veil of gray. What do you do? I'll, I'll head towards it. Okay. Who are you? As you get closer and closer, speaking out into the gray, the white divine light grows brighter and brighter, almost like staring into the sun. But you are not met with a warm glow, but instead a cool calm breeze that washes over you, inviting you closer and deeper into the light. Soon you see the faint outline of a figure held aloft in the misty sky by six wings etched and hollowed in divine script with mist that fills the void, obfuscating the text. The androgynous figure wears an open blue vest and layered knee-length skirt patterned with staves of musical latticework and scripture. However, what is most startling is beyond their mouth and nose is nothing but wisping white smoke. As they speak, more smoke pours from their lips. I am your seraph, your guide, your guardian, your solar. From your beginning to your end, I step with every step and breathe with every breath. I guide your hand and gift you protection. I sense your apprehension. 
Shall I make you more comfortable? Yes. As they speak, you watch as the mist coalesces into the reading nook above your room. It then fades to you sitting in your tavern surrounded by your friends as Harold plays a song telling a story of triumph and heroes. And you find yourself in the font surrounded by stories and history. And through each transition, you walk through a mist-filled hallway of mirrors and candles before you eventually hear the crashing of waves. You look behind you and you see the cliffs of your home as a cold wind continuously rushes past you. You've forgotten how much chillier the wind and temperature here was compared to the warmer temperate climate near Waterdeep. But you see the disheveled old library temple far off in the distance. You know you are dreaming, but everything feels intensely real. Is this more comforting? Yes, thank you. As you can see, I can weave the world around me, make it and shape it however I please. I am not bound by the tethers of the mortal realm. I simply speak the veracity and make it so. This gift is granted to all storytellers, bards, novelists, historians, playwrights. I am here to be your guide to speak your truth. For sadly, what you know is a lie. What, what do you mean? I brought you here to where it all began. I do not want to break your heart, but your father lied to you. At what? You are a lamb and I your shepherd. For to err is to be mortal, and to enlighten is divine. Know me, and I will lead you to your truth. I am <laughs> You watch as the area around you slowly fades to black as they are speaking, unbeknownst and emanating from behind them. You watch a familiar black smoke stretch out in writhing tendrils as they encompass the mindscape of your home island. As the solar begins to speak their name, you watch as their wings are bound in tendrils, gripping through celestial etched script. Their arms and length, legs restrained and pulled taut as if to be quartered and dismembered before the tendrils wrap and layer over and over and over again, covering the solar's mouth, gagging it as everything is swallowed and consumed into an empty void. No! I'm going to try to rush forward. <laughs> To <laughs> Everyone but Harold is violently awoken by the scream of Sasha pouring from her room. I I run. Rush. Same. I uh, take my weapons with me. Okay. Um, would you lock your door? Um, I rush too. And there's my door. Oh, I open it up. I rush in and I look for whatever the hell's causing this. There is nothing in the room except for Seisha. I, I run to Seisha. What is it? What's wrong? Are you I okay? I don't know. I may have I may have had, had a nightmare. It may not have been a nightmare. I don't know. 
What do you mean it may not have been a nightmare? Do you not remember it? As you're looking at Seisha, you see her eyes start to fade a little darker. Seisha? My, my Sarah. Oh. My, my, my divine guide. As soon as I see this. Your eyes. I drop weapons to the floor. Having seen this, I cup her face in my hands. And I say, look at me and breathe. Breathe slowly. Breathe. You're among friends. Everything is okay. You are safe here now, okay? Whatever problem you have seen, we can solve. But I need you to stay here with me. Can you do that, please? It took him. Who, who did it take? My Sarah. I, I didn't even get his name. He was... He was going to tell me about a lie. My father lied to me, he said. And he told, he tried to tell me his name, and then, and, and then okay, he was. Okay. Seisha? I don't know anything about the Seraph, and I look to you, uh, Venley, um, hoping for some sort of information you may have on this. Can I roll something? Uh, a religion. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing you can roll. I there's no way I'd know anything about this. I got an eleven. Yeah. Don't know. There's. I, I don't know anything about this. I don't know what a seraph is. Okay. He said he was my guide and my guardian, and he Wait. was supposed to take me through. And said he was taken by who? He, he was telling me his name and then these tentacles came up right. and wrapped around him. I know, okay. We don't know what this was. Was it was a, a dream, a, an odd premonition? What, I don't claim to know what it was, but here's what you can do. You can, at the very least, talk to your father about this. You can do that, the very least. What did he Not, worry about? I don't know. I wish I did, but I don't. It said it took me home. It took me home and said everything started here. And that my father lied to me. And it was going to break my heart. Is this a truth you desperately need to know? I feel like it'll haunt her if she doesn't learn it, whatever it is. I don't know. Then for now, tell your father what you saw. You've trusted him all your life. You can't just discard that over one premonition. But you don't have to let this go. We will deal with this in time. If this keeps happening, obviously tell us. I knew him. I knew the voice. You knew him? Spoken to me before. Okay. Seraph? I think something's really wrong. With home? With me. Well, 
We'll see. You mean like with your transformation thingy? Like when I lose time. Okay. I think something's wrong. I am going to attempt to remember this before I bring it up. This would be a disadvantage. Is there a temple of Lyra in Waterdeep? Uh, you're looking for Lyra, not Lyra. Sorry, sorry, yep. sorry. Uh, I know it's difficult. <clears throat> um, and you guys have looked into this before. There is not. Okay. And if there was, it would definitely be obfuscated. So, something else we can do aside from just going home, which we unfortunately don't have time to do, is we can find the closest. Okay, let me ask this. Was there a temple of Lyra in Daggerford? Not that you can remember. Okay. It's the only two places I would know. Is any of my travels if I come across it? Um, I'm exhausting options. I apologize. No, honest. no, it's fine. Um, I will let you know that there aren't really temples okay. to Lyra. Yeah. And if you have even met a Lyran priest, you, you probably may... didn't even know it. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Well, what? Who is Lara? The Lady of Mist. The Lady of Mist. She's she's the goddess of lies and deception. What? So, okay, that makes sense for Agma to be at. You know. Opposed to her. Button heads, you know. Yeah. So, this is yes. the next step then. You don't know a terrible lot about Lyra, do you? More than the rest of us, but... It's almost impossible to know anything about her unless you follow her, because even if you do follow her, she's deception. People don't even know if she's alive or not at this point. Then that may be the next thing we do. Is it possible you're... Do you think maybe your your Sephiroth Sefer Sarah um, was trying to tell you that your dad had ties to Lara? I don't know. Maybe. Do you trust the people at the font? Yes. It might be best to tell whoever the head person there is exactly what happened in your dream. And then see if any information can be gleaned from that. I agree. It's unfortunate, but you, out of all of us, know these matters best. I wish, honestly, I could help more, but... I've never seen two deities fight over a person before. Well, we can't fix anything tonight. Agreed. Seisha, if you want, I'll stay with you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm okay. Are you sure? It's okay if you don't want to be alone. I'm okay. All right. Okay. We'll just wait a little bit. 
Just let you get your senses back together, and then we'll let you sleep. Okay? And before uh, we all leave, like as we're leaving, Vinley's going to say to Seisha in Celestial, we're going to figure this out. We're going to fix it. I've got a really, really bad feeling about this. Me too. But like we'll face it. And you can click the long rest button. Thanks. You're welcome. Summer Herald. Thing to go through. La 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 long rest. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, I can't Herald? Uh, unless you want to be exhausted. No. He, uh, okay. You can go ahead and click it. You sleep in unless yeah. anybody wakes Harold up. Nope. True. Because okay. yeah, I, I, I was under the basis that I didn't hear any of that. You Correct. did not. This happened like before you got home. No, no this happened. No, this happened while we were asleep. I'm just at the top floor and can't hear it. Yep. Yep. And you're exhausted. And I mean, you're halfway through your rest. Right. And so, yeah, this happens when everybody else would naturally wake up. Um, eventually, you all make your way downstairs um, after your morning rituals into a bustling tavern sprung to life once again, although not as lively as it was before Manchunia. To anyone new, you hear Kara telling them that there was a pipe break that needed to be fixed, but everything is fixed now and there's nothing to worry about. You also notice only grits and buttered biscuits and gravy are being sold instead of the full breakfast you typically have. You hear Javier and uh, complaining and Ara yowling about how all of the limited food they were rationing has disappeared in a day. Kara explains to them it was spoiled, so she threw it out. Declan stops by you, Vinley, and shows you all of the fun tricks he can do with minor illusion, creating a small illusionist's performance of sleight of hand and misdirection through the help and use of magic. That looks amazing. Let me know when you're ready for something a little stronger. Yes. As everybody is resting in the tavern, there's a, a knock at the door. There's a man that looks to be a courier. Stands okay. outside. Open. Yes. Stairs. I go. It's our, it's our, wait, a courier? Like a mover or a letter courier? Like a, more like a letter person? Okay. I open. Okay. Yes. You are greeted by a delivery man with a piece of paper and a quill. And he says that he has a package delivery for Mr. Hovelton. If Harold's not here, I'll sign for him. But I'm not going to hide it from him. Yeah. This you... will be after Harold wakes up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will slowly step over to the door. Um, insight check on the guy. Okay. I will Go assist ahead. with this. Yep. Uh, roll that with advantage. Uh, I'm going to stand near them. Okay. Okay. Get your bonuses. Okay. Do you want to do one apiece, or do you want to roll with advantage? Um, let's uh, do one apiece. I, I I like that more. I All right. Both of you can roll with advantage, actually. Yep. If you're standing nearby. Oh, cool. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Welcome to that new ability. All I right. do like that Damn. new ability. Um, that would be a twenty-four then. And Harold? Uh, that would be a apologize. A fourteen. Fourteen. 
Harold, you're a little too groggy and tired. You just take it at face value. Voss, you know for a fact he's just a courier that has a package for Harold. Yep. Sign here. Yeah. Harold signs it. All right. Thank you. Bring it up. The man wheels over and drops off a wooden box coffin on the front steps before leaving. And looking over the coffin, confused as to what or maybe who could be inside, you see a tag that reads, to Harold, from Orkira, when you hear, coming from inside, and that is where we're going to end tonight's session. Okay. What? <laughs> I swear to God, if Abron is in that coffin, I'm going to punch him in the face. Just I'm, once. Just I'm once because it's laughing. If you only punch once. <laughs> More than once, it's you're getting untasteful. It's it's uh, beating a man, but once. It's a gift from Arkira. Yep, you'll have to figure out. We'll, ah! see, we'll find out next week what it is. Ah! Coffin uh, man. To everybody watching, last minute to uh, type in hashtag Beyond to be eligible to win the digital player or Dungeons Masters Guide. Yes, for D and D Beyond. Yes. Birds. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed tonight's session. It yep. was very fun. Uh, uh yeah. Oh my god. Mm, the, it was the, the group name. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that was our yeah, our th- a three year session of Out of the Abyss that it Dustin was, ran. Yep. That was um, it was so much fun. It no big dick energy. No. <laughs> never said never came up. Never that, said big dick energy. That was my crit. She <laughs> knows all about the dicks. Yep. And if you would like Grab to know anything, we can tell you it all. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Tell you all about it. <laughs> You've read the book. Yep. yep. Oh my god. No, now I think about it. In all my past campaigns, we never came up with a group name. We just were. Yeah. Like it didn't occur to me until like we were coming up with a name where I was like, wait, people come up with group names. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got to, I, I played a game with Puff and Forrest once and I got to learn the true name behind his group that he was running for. And um, if you've ever watched his videos, you know what I'm talking about. I know mm-hmm. the true name. It is <laughs> hilarious. Um, all right. Um, we have a winner. It is Tort8219. Hey. Congratulations, Tort8219. We'll be in contact to get you that download code for the Dungeon Master's Guide from D&D Beyond. Yes. And, uh, we'll see you next week. And as yeah. always, be excellent to each other. And may you always roll with advantage. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, you're still here. Um, well, since you liked it so much, feel free to watch us live at twitch.tv slash rockpunchatl every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or feel free to continue listening to the podcast every Sunday on a one-week delay. Rock.